And my Louis. husband will buy me as many fucking Louis as I want to. So you're gonna Once rely a fucking on No, he's gonna fucking spoil me. No, I don't no. deal with no don't, fucking don't, scrubs. Don't. He's gonna be a fucking engineer doctor, one of the fucking two, and he's gonna buy me as many fucking Louis Quit as I want, shit. as many Chanel's, as many Gucci belts as I want, as many fucking Louis purses I want. What happens if y'all get a divorce? What are you gonna do then? Sit on your ass? Find another fucking husband, dude. Is that your fucking plan? You have to be independent, Zoe. Hair, makeup, esthetician, facials, vagina waxing, everything. That is all independence. I will get Well, I'm glad that. that you want to take care of someone else for your life. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Whatever, Zoe. Whatever. going on everybody it is coach greg adams back in here with another youtube live stream we are back in black in here shout out to the coach gang for being here and this is the wake up show part of the free agent lifestyle podcast here on the free agent lifestyle channel we are back in here gotta get my bag and run <laughs> for another great episode of the free agent lifestyle anyway man this is the author. Of, I'm the author of the Free Agent Lifestyle. I've written three books, soon to be four books. Stay tuned for the new book coming out here somewhere in the summer or around that time. All right. So anyway, uh, today we're talking about mate selection, why this is the most important decision that you'll ever make. This is why we spend so much time talking about mate selection, relationships, gender dynamics. A lot of people will think that we just talk about women here. And I have clever wordplay to talk about and describe women. I know I've been one of the content creators to really push and challenge your ideals or how you're conditioning, if you will, uh, related to women, relationships and all of that stuff. And um, I think more than any other, I've been challenging your ideals on these things by presenting things for you to look at and tell me that this does fit your ideal. Like statistically, does this work or pragmatically does that work or logically does this work or legally does this work? Right. I've been pushing back on you. And sometimes, listen, sometimes people get uncomfortable with that idea. Right. They get uncomfortable with this idea, namely because, you know, I really challenge. I really challenge women in romance. You know, I challenge I bring the heat on issues and it makes a lot of guys uncomfortable. They want this help. They want this help. They want they want solutions and people want easy solutions because sometimes we treat relationships as if, hey, it's just easy. It's one, two, three. 
uh, you and get into the relationship. You have a little bit of charisma. You have sex. And then all of a sudden, the things start piling on you. And you're like, well, I didn't anticipate this. And I didn't know that. And the other person said, well, you should have known this. I thought you knew this was part of the relationship. You're like, I didn't sign up for any of this. And guys, then you start asking questions later and it's too late. So I like to present these informations and put the heat. I bring the heat on these issues. I bring the heat on monogamy. I really challenge monogamy. All right. I really want you to think long and hard. Our society has been built around monogamy. D democracy is actually and, and dem democracy and monogamy go together hand in hand. Um, but monogamy is very much unnatural. Not to say that you shouldn't do it, but it's, it simply doesn't work. All right. Um, um, and uh, if you ever want me to challenge you on this, I'll do I'll do the Owen challenge on you and I'll show you. OK, I'll show you. We'll talk about the bonnet people that have affairs that have been caught in affairs. Um, it, it's definitely something that helps societies grow. But um, as our society's gotten more stable, we become less monogamous. Right. A less stable society promotes monogamy, but a more stable society does not promote monogamy. We are actually entering into uh, poly relationships at this point in which we share uh, we, we we do mate sharing in which, you know, uh, we have multiple mates serving different purposes in our lives. And that's because we are stable. And that's because we're he headed to instability. We will be see more monogamy being pushed. I've challenged the idea of romance. I've given you streams talking about how dating uh, stem from prostitution. I've gave you the ideas of how romance is has been built on a myth. And a lot of you guys have been getting it. I know it's tough to come listen to me talk about this. And uh, one of the things I hear people say, you know, every now and then, oh, you know, I like this channel. I saw a comment the other day. I like this channel, but you, you know, we keep talking about women every day. And I say, I don't talk about women. We're not talking about women. We're talking about mate selection, relationships, monogamy, um, legal issues related to marriage. All right. Now, they're going to be a portion of the show where you hear me say things that do relate to women. But obviously, I'm a male, and overwhelmingly, I'm going to be talking about the other side, the other gender, right? So it's going to be rare that I'm going to talk from the female perspective. And on that note, somebody will white knight. Oh, I can't, I, you know, it's, I'm just uncomfortable with the amount of talk you're talking about women. Yeah, we're talking about lifestyle. The channel's called Free Agent Lifestyle. And, and a lot of people don't like me to bring that heat and challenge these issues. And I think people become uncomfortable with that because I'm challenging you. I challenge you on issues related to the legalities of relationships in the family court. I go all the way to the beginning and I take you all the way to the end. I've been in the family court building for seven years consecutively. All right. And uh, I basically got a street law degree in, in family court uh, law. Okay. And so uh, thanks to my counter spouse, okay, who was, you know, for better, uh, for better words or not, uh, petulantly trying to use the system against me, she actually used it as an educational system. Okay. And I know most of the time I had to represent myself and do my own legal ho homework and I'm passing on this information to you. So when I do that, I'm challenging you. I'm bringing heat to these issues that you're uncomfortable with, that you don't want to deal with until you have to deal with it. Like I talked about with Kanye West. I'm like, you guys don't want to deal with these issues until you have to deal with them. And then, then you're calling me or <laughs> you're calling me. You're like, Hey, what do I do? I this is why I broadcast about this every day. And I think I need to do it. Um, despite the fact that you're uncomfortable with it, I need to do it because men don't look at these issues this way. OK, I talked to you about sex and sexual transmutation. 
taking the energy that you're using to drive you towards procreation and sex and using that for something else. And then using that time to build yourself to, to the level to give you leverage. A lot of guys don't want to do that. You know, they don't want to be challenged on that. They're like, no, 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 no. Coach, she thick. I got to have her. All right. I got to go in and get these five strokes. And then these five strokes could cost you very mightily. I talk about child raising. How most of you people think that by 18, that you're, you're going to have children. And by the age of 18, they're going to be an adults and on their own. On their own. You think they're going to be on their own. You think your financial obligation is going to be uh, lifted from, from, from you and then put on them. But I'm, I, I challenge you. I say, how many kids do you know? How many people do you know in this time of our unstable society? How many kids do you know that at age 18, they're financially independent from their parents? They're financially independent from their parents. How many do you know? You can go through a whole neighborhood and find zero. Okay. That's, that's basically a myth. It, it's, it's a myth. So when I tell you about relationships, marriage, procreation, what I do often remind you of is in the child raising scheme, you're going to be supporting your child well into age 25, 26, 27. If it's a female child, could be into her 30s if she's in these streets. In these streets. Okay. I'm telling you. And so I get you guys prepared for this. You have a financial obligation. You can you can let them be in the streets. In like the streets. if they turn 18, you can kick them to the curb and you know say, I'm not giving you another dime. Good luck. I mean, you either support them now or you're going to be supporting them later. All right, so it's going to be a choice that you have to make in procreation and child raising. You're going to be um, taking care of your kids in a modern society at least until the age of 30. Okay, and that's if even if they marry, even if they marry and they move out of your house, you'll be sending funds over there. Okay, <laughs> without question, 85% of the time, you'll be sending funds. You'll either be responsible for their home down payment You'll pay for the wedding. You'll be buying kids, their kids gifts. Okay. You'll be giving extra money to them for they can, so they can raise their kids in this modern feminist society because the woman, your daughter's going to work and her husband's going to work and you'll be, you might have to be the daycare for your kids. You might have to be the daycare for your kids because I mean, for your grandkids, because your kids are going to go off to work. Your in-law is going to go off to work. And then they're going to be like, well, we need somebody to watch the kid. I see that all the time. So I really tell you about some of these myths that you learned, and I challenge them. This is what I come in here and do. Yep, that all oh, my accounts overdrawn. Oh, our roof is leaky. You know, because they're going to go into a blue pill world and have the blue pill idea of what a relationship is. And then they're going to get clubbed over the head. They're going to have financial ruin, and you're going to cover it. Or if you can't cover it, guess what? Or let's say they get into some legal trouble. You're going to have to bail their ass out. Or you're going to have to cover their legal expenses. So I really tell you this to really get you to understand um, that you can accept this or not. You can think I'm bringing too much attention to these issues. You can think I'm being repetitive. You can think that I'm really, uh, that you can think that I hate women or I'm a, such a misogynist. I'm literally giving you the information that nobody gave us. They didn't give it to us. You know what? We had to learn on our own. On your own. 
Somebody says, loan me some money. I'm trying to get some peace. Leave that. Yeah, man. It is what it is. So I have to do this to you guys. This is why I come here. I'm one of the only content creators that can give you an overall sweeping view of all of these issues. See, I'm not a game guy and married at the same time. You know what I mean? I'm not a guy that hasn't been married uh, or haven't been divorced great and then out here going, well, marriage isn't that bad. I haven't got, been a guy that's been divorced multiple times and pushing you into marriage. You see, I'm probably the one of the most guy, the guy that actually lives the way he he sells. I live the way I sell. I practice what I preach. You know what I mean? And um, I'm not taking shots at any guys, but I'm saying, man, this is why they don't want this information out here. They don't want this information out here because I challenge everything and I challenge it with information, statistics, background information. I give you sources. And then most people can only come back going, well, I'd rather just use the hope strategy. Well, I don't want to go by the statistics. Well, I just want to just make my own decision and I'm going to make it work. And I'm man enough to make it work. And I'll just keep acting right. And I'll make my wife happy and I'll choose a good mate. Guys, it, it, I get it. I understand that that is the hope strategy. Many people will try that and most will fail at that, including myself. All right. And it's not that you're a failure if you do that. However, going in, knowing the information and rolling the dice is ignorance, all right? You're basically ignoring the risk. But if you acknowledge the risk and protect yourself against the risk and you can mitigate disaster, then that's another thing. When you go into it and say, damn, I know what I got ahead of me here. All right, I'm not going to do this in ignorance. I'm not going to just throw everything this guy says away. He's actually right. So it'd be best that I mitigate disaster, right? Do my best to protect myself. And then guess what? You might be able to go into a mate selection situation with your with your self-protected a little bit more than you would have, have, uh, have done prior. All right, so with all that being said, we're gonna challenge your ass today on why mate selection is the number one, the most important decision you will ever make in your life. Bigger than college that you select, bigger than... Bigger than um, the dance you go to, bigger than the truck you buy, bigger than the bankruptcy that you'll ever have. This one issue will basically compound every issue following it. It will have a direct line and path back to your mate selection. All right. So anyway, and, and what I'm going to say, and I'm also going to deal with people who don't select mates at all. How important of a decision? Is it for a man or a woman to say, I'm selecting no mates? You're actually hearing that right now in our culture. Most of the time, it's a woman that is way past her prime, right? She's way past the wall. She's like 62. I give up. Like Sharon Stone, I've covered her. The woman from Sex in the City, the writer from Sex in the City. All right. These women are like 60, 62. Well, I finally give up. I throw in a towel. All right. Now, these people are acting out of ignorance because they thought they still had choice out here because listen they threw the damn towel in so what happens is um people who think they have choice end up only realizing that they only have sexual choice they don't have relationship choice many men will bury their salami in just about anything including a 62 year old sharon stone and so she thought she could still turn those situations to into relationships and then she often found out well i ain't i couldn't do it so i give up all right and then there's men who basically can't get started with women that will throw in the towel. So they'll throw in the towel too. They'll throw the damn towel in. There it is. Throw the damn towel. 
Yeah, Megan Good is another example. Well, she's had tragic relationship after tragic relationship. She tried to ride the carousel, and then she finally said, you know what, I'll just throw in the towel. Um, uh, Men that go their own way. Sometimes there's men that go their own way that don't get uh, success in, in choosing a mate. They struggle, and then they'll throw in the towel. All right, they'll be like, oh, I'll just go my own way. All right, and so uh, we're seeing many people deciding to do that. All right, now you got wig towel and all kind of crazy stuff, right? So it's a very big decision for you to say, I will not select a mate. Yeah, women marrying their dog or marrying themselves. This is becoming popular, and why? Because honestly, people's bubbles are getting burst. Okay, the ideas that I've talked to you about culturally, socially, economically, the feasibility of monogamy working and one mate selection working is almost impossible. It's almost like hitting the lottery. And it is. I mean, that's what it's considered. You're hitting the lottery, the genetic lottery, et cetera, et cetera. Monogamy is being challenged. Romance is being challenged. Family court issues and legal issues are oftentimes people are considering those things now. All right. Sex is available, more available than it had ever been in the uh, history of America. We started off very much a Puritan society, and now we're here. All right. We're here now where sex is openly available on the marketplace anyway, anywhere, whether it's a free exchange or a, a transactional exchange. All right. It's available more than at any point in our society. So people are going, we, can, we need to change our ideas related to this. Okay. You need to change the way you operate. Generation Z and millennials are willy-nilly with sex, all right? As opposed to Generation X, they were a little bit more hidden creepers. So why creep? Yeah, just keep it on the down low. Now, they were out there doing their thing, but they were creeping. They couldn't just be out here on TikTok saying that they're uh, getting trains ran on them. Now you can. Now, some people can't adjust. Some people literally can't adjust to this. They're fighting it. Oh, man, these 304s and oh, blah, 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 blah. Some people can't adjust. And you're seeing that they're fi we're fighting this even in this manosphere. We're not fighting it. We're debating it. We're having good logical discussions on it. Some people are wanting to go backwards. Some people are ready to progress forward into the highway 304. All right. I've challenged your ideas on pay for play. I've challenged your ideas on child raising. So anyway, we're going to get into this show. Let's do these super chats. Super Chizats. Shout out to a man supporting men, Mr. MPI. He says, good morning, CGA and the coach gang. I'm in California making deliveries from San Diego to the LA area. I'm trying to hit up uh, hit up in Waffle and Canyon Trails. I'm, you left the word out there. He must be driving his truck. Be careful out here. <laughs> be careful. Are you trying to hit up a Waffle House? There's none here. I don't think there's a Waffle House in Southern California. I might be mistaken. All right, uh, let's see here. Warhammer says, found a free agent at my job, and I was shocked and wow. Okay, so let me tell you, man, it's, it's going around. This idea is going around. This is why some men find this free agent lifestyle. They find red pill. They find MGTOW. They find uh, anything, uh, game. Because men are looking for solutions constantly in a very troubling time for monogamous relationships. Okay, it's a very troubling time. And a lot of men won't progress. You, listen, I'm in the year 2030, as I always say, broadcasting from the year 2030. And men are struggling, honestly. I mean, women are struggling too, but they, they're struggling because they're of their Jezebel spirit defiance. I mean, they literally can 
they literally are the ones that have changed the most and evolved the most in in a in a sense of their ideals about everything and then they want to they wanted us to naturally progress with them but they found that most men weren't willing to progress because they saw no benefit in it there are some men willing to progress to an extent to a certain port, part and there are some men that say they are willing to progress only to then bust a nut and change their mind right that post nut clarity kicked in. Oh, I'll do whatever thing. I believe in feminism, and they finally get their nut, and then they go, "Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in it as much as I thought." Okay, and so those are the sims, essentially. Essentially, Ricky Webster passes the collection plate. French toast, props due. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Again, we'll give you, we'll give you a sponsorship at this point. All right, for being here, Simon Small back in the building. Thank you, man. Baraka says peace, quiet, and freedom. Shout out to the free agents out there. Hashtag coach gang. I see people talking about free agent lifestyle and the difference between that and MGTOW. It's just an extension. MGTOW preceded, um, preceded the free agent lifestyle, but I just adapted it to because uh, MGTOW is a little more restrictive. And also it was targeted. You know what I mean? It was targeted. There's no way, there's no way uh, you can continue to to do that be, because it was a targeted phrase. So then, if you go out there and just promote it, like a lot of guys, since you know, since it was a bookmark term, bookmark term, automatically people made a uh, an opinion about you if you claimed that. And, uh, and so um, I found that out when I had that little dust up kerfuffle with the content creator who we had an exchange on Twitter, and he basically didn't know who I was at the time. He discovered it later on that I was somebody to be dealt with and he basically like oh would you make love the dolls you know that type of thing and it was like okay all right i have to figure out how to figure out how to show you that that that's not what i am and so he had to understand what that is so free agent lifestyle is just a spin off of that with some with some slight differences that open that leave openings for you to live live a life that you want to live without going all the way restrictive right but there's nothing against anyway. There's nothing against it. Uh, where are we at? Uh, Adrian Paul TV. He's at work, 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 work. <laughs> so no, Joe no, sort of off the topic, but TikTok is now advertising birth control. Give him the buzzer. Uh, TikTok is the new MTV for young people. If you don't know, you know, every your your parents, for the people who came up in Generation X, your parents were against MTV. Uh, just like we as parents are now against TikTok. It is what it is. TikTok is going to be here forever. Uh, you know, when the WW3 starts up, they'll use it to gather information against our people. You know what I mean? They'll put their propaganda. It's going to be a mess, but it is what it is. We were certainly propagandized through the usage of MTV as well. I mean, a lot of agendas were pushed through MTV and our generation were the first ones to openly be somewhat acceptable of people of different races and and genders and all of that stuff that started with mtv okay so your children will be definitely be influenced through tiktok all right so anyway and they'll be propagandized through tiktok they'll be propaganda ready much 30 seconds versus <laughs> worth of propaganda uh that your young generation z people are gobbling up all right so anyway a man supporting men says, what's in that cup, coach? A little bit of vodka. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. 
All right, here we go. We sipping, we sipping this morning crazy. A couple more. Sebastian says, stay away from religious women who don't believe in ab abor. Oh, <laughs> who don't believe. Okay. Oh, yeah. Who don't believe in it? Stay away from religious women who don't believe in it or do believe in it. I'm I'm interested. A man supporting man says the restaurant is called and waffle. All right. I didn't know what that is. Shout out to the and waffle restaurant. All right, Kavita says, it's been a while since I dropped tuition. Keep up the excellent work, Coach. Can you give me the do you like black girls woman? All right, the do you like black girls woman? All right, hey, she's always good for a, a clip. Where is she at? Do you like black women? Is that what she said? Or black girls? All right, you know, anything you're not, see, this is an example of she's trying to progress and you're trying to either stay traditional or go backwards. And she's like, oh. Uh, this is an example of that in the community. And guys, the community relationships are horrendous. Okay, biggest turnoffs. Biggest turnoffs. Attitude. Um, what kind of attitude? You know, snobby, bitchy type. Give me an example. Like, if you sitting there complaining about everything, okay. you know what I mean? That's just negative energy. Like, yeah. I mean, it, you complaining ain't gonna do me no good. Do you like black girls? Of course. I'm just like, bitchy me. Attitude me. Complain a lot me i guess i'm not his type <laughs> i know people say you know they're they're uh think she's a little masculine masculine looking in the features and that i think she's a woman i think she's a woman uh but unfortunately because people take on characteristics like physical characteristics and work conditions similar to what masculine people do they oftentimes get a boost of testosterone or they start taking on the physical characteristics of masculinity I mean, if you adopt a masculine lifestyle, that's, that's just like if you adopt a feminine lifestyle and you're a man, then you're going to start morphing into and you do less testosterone-laden activities. You're going to physically morph into what those characteristics are of the other gender. It is what it is, guys. Um, uh, this happens naturally, and you do this over periods of time. This is what's going to happen. This is why people sometimes who, you know, strong and independent women oftentimes comes off deep voice aggressive, like the Elizabeth Holmes thing. Let me put on my disclaimer because people are going to get offended by these things. And I don't mean to offend. We're just telling you the truth. Elizabeth Holmes, the woman that was over the uh, biotech company that I can't remember what it was called. She ended up adopting a male masculine voice, a deep voice. And she, it was a fake voice, but she ended up carrying it on to appear more aggressive and masculine and dominant. Right. Uh, people tend to broaden their shoulders. They get broad shoulders because they're always protecting I got to protect my kids and I got to work out here and I got to go out here and grind. That typically was a masculine characteristic. And as such, they develop masculine features. They broaden their noses. Their chin gets more uh, chiseled out. And then you pass that on to your kids. We've been in this generation doing this for 70 years. So we've been in this for three generations, roughly. And then now you're seeing what? You're seeing the appearance of more broader shoulder, broader, uh, more sharp jawline, more widened nosed, more big cranium women. <laughs> it's the same as if you take a, a replacement therapy, testosterone replacement therapy, or you shoot hormones up your butt, like female bodybuilders. What happens? They speed that process up. They start losing their hair. They start losing their hair. They get a hair, a receding hairline. And it speeds it up when they do it quicker, when they do it on hormones. Okay, so guys, this is what we're doing. We're, we're playing with we're playing with God, all right, whether you believe in, in God or not. And I'm not a, I'm a spiritual person, you know. 
I have a God complex myself. However, what I would tell you is we're playing with God in nature when we're doing these things. And I think we're outthinking ourselves. Okay, we're outthinking ourselves. And this is the negative aspects of having a advanced, advanced mind. Because like any other animal, our mind is advanced. We can think and think and think. And sometimes we outthink ourselves and we're playing with God and nature. <laughs> so, and as such, nature starts rewarding whatever you guys prioritizing. If you're a man, you prioritize crossing your legs and switching and doing whatever. Eventually, nature is going to reward you for that. Oh, you want to be that? Okay, we'll reverse you into that. Okay, we'll make that available to you. And then you have the mad scientists that will help you as well. Okay, which you can argue on the efficacy of all of that stuff. Now, on the other side, if females want to be aggressive and dominant and they want to do, nature will surely reward you for that. Nature will pass on not just the rewards of masculinity. They will give you the characteristics physically of masculinity. I actually worked in, um, we're getting a little off subject, but I actually worked in female college athletics. All right. For years. And then what happened is the women wanted to be aggressive on the basketball court. They wanted to be bigger, stronger, faster. So what did we do? We put them in the weight room. We designed programs for them to be bigger, stronger, faster, et cetera, to be quicker and do shoot jump shots like dudes and all that stuff. And then guess what happens? They end their careers. So I could focus on my career. They end their careers and then they go out into the world what you would call husky, muscled up, masculine women. And they got to transition that into a regular society now. Some women struggle with that. Of course, they can become fitness models and all that stuff. They'll take that track for a little bit. They'll burn out. But then they're all, <laughs> then they're all big, muscular women, right? And then, you know, they go out into the dating world and you're looking at them like, like, damn, you a little husk, you know what I mean? Or you either like it. So it's kind of like what's going on, man. I tell you, uh, biology as well. I don't know if you know, we're talking about biology. Sometimes, and I'm dealing with real critical issues here. Sometimes the menstrual cycle of these women will be jacked up. It will be irregular, especially if they're really athletic and lean. If they're muscle, muscular, athletic, and lean, their cycle will be jacked up. They'll have a very irregular cycle. Like I knew women in college that I coached and I'm not being specific. I knew women that I coached in college that they were so good of an athlete in high school going into college. They had never had a period. Never. Like I knew one woman and she was a lean, mean machine. She was faster than the jackrabbit. She was toned up and cut muscular. I mean, she was a gifted athlete. And she never, she was like, I think by her junior year in college, she was like, I'd never had one. See, this is what I'm talking about. So when I'm talking about these things, I'm talking about them from experience. That's a biology thing that's happening there. That's a biological thing that's happening there. And the more we, the more we emphasized her athleticism and the more we said, hey, yeah, train fast and do this and that and lift that, lift that. And she was like lifting that stuff, going crazy. She was a super duper athlete. She had never had one by junior year in college. So this is what I'm talking about. This is what people don't understand. And people don't talk about this because they don't want you to know this stuff. Her body wasn't, you know, eventually she was able to do that. And I think she has a kid now. And she has a kid now. So um, eventually that stuff happens. It, it does. It happens, right? 
People don't know this stuff. People don't openly discuss these things. And the reason why is because people get offended. They think you're saying something against. And I'm like, I'm not saying it against anything, bro. This is real. Your body will adapt to whatever you're trying to do. It. It'll physically reward you. So you just can't be like, I'm going to be masculine woman and go out here and I'm going to be like the guys. Well, when you do that, you're going to take on male characteristics over the time. And it's just natural. Same thing as if a man did it. I just want to be more feminine and quiet and docile. He's eventually going to look and take on the physical characteristics of that. <laughs> it's what it is. But people got to know that this is uh, very stuff, uncomfortable stuff to talk about. Like, I'll, I'll just equate it real quick to the guy. You'll see a guy like that, and he'll be very, his he'll have no hips. You know what I mean? He'll be streamlined. He'll be long and lanky. And you'll be like, why in the world? Like, do some push-ups. Well, he's like, I don't want to emphasize that. And so he'll wither, wither down to very much a long lanky. It is what it is. Hit the like button in here. Hit the like button in here. I'm giving you information that the world's not going to be ready to give you available. All of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, he lives up looking like a slender man. Right? Shout out to Asia Montgomery in the building. Listen, let's talk about these relationships and mate selection. I know it's 30 minutes in and I've just been giving you the information here. I'm going to show you something. Why this is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Let me put up this uh, chart right here. All right, I'm going to put this chart up right here. A brief history of monogamy. I've been challenging monogamy like crazy. Monogamy is a great system for a society building itself, building communities and all that stuff. But our more or less, our communities are already built. You know what I mean? I know in the days of the gold rush and the Oregon Trail and the Oklahoma Sooners and traveling east, west of the Mississippi and everybody like that was great. Monogamy was great to an extent. And it helped build up these suburban communities without monogamy. There's no suburbs. All right. Why would a person go out to the suburbs? Right. But with monogamy, you can have these communities built all the way out. Now we pretty much built up all these communities. Now we're building way out into the hills and the deserts, right? Trying to live out there. But let's take a look at this. This is the brief history of monogamy. I've been telling you that to a certain extent, monogamy is a new, a new uh, idea of relationship forming based on the history of our society. I mean, people have done it before, but the reason that they did it, we'll give you the reason why they did it. You'll be interested in this. It says, how common is shacking up one-on-one? And this is from an anthropology review here, August 3rd, published here, August 3rd, 20 and 21. It says they may seem like humans have been shacking up together since the dawn of time, but that hasn't necessarily always been the case. According to the paper, a paper published in 2020 and 12, the anthropological report shows that 85% of human societies, 85% of human societies have permitted polygamy or polyamory. And while today the concept of soulmates is very familiar to most, researchers still have a hard time understanding how monogamy started. But they said here, monogamy and early humans, according to the New York Times, a 2011 paper showed that early humans and humanoids began shifting towards monogamy like 3.5 million years ago, though the species never evolved to be 100% monogamous. Remember that earlier statistic. And it says there are different uh, theories as to why this shift happened. After all, at a base level, it doesn't seem like there would be an evolutionary advantage to monogamy. When a male mates with multiple females, wouldn't that wouldn't there be a higher chance 
uh, higher success rate for producing offsprings. So uh, there you go right there. Just a more uh, scientific approach there. And it says a uh, research kit, Opie of the University College of uh, London, the NYT reported, surmises that monogamy in early primates meant that males were able to protect and nurture their children, right? You could be more active with your children, which led to higher rates of survival and increased nourishment, which had an impact on human brain development further down the line. So that helped as well. And then it says the dawn of civilization. The rise of monogamy is also linked to the rise of democracy in modern civilization. Okay, while 85% of societies did practice polygamy or polygyny arranged marriages, there's multiple forms of interactions that people have practiced. Monogamy is the least practiced up until current times with the help of democracy and modern civilization, as I said before. So this is why you've been conditioned into believing monogamy because it benefited our democracy, it benefited communities, it benefits society. But prior to that, 300, 400 years ago, not so much. It's a, it's a construct. Basically, uh, and I've always told you, some of your, some of the people who promoted monogamy almost always never practice monogamy, right? Some of the biggest promoters of monogamy almost always never practice monogamy. They either had affairs, they either had multiple mates, or they either had no mate at all, similar to clergy members. Like the clergy members were supposed to be absent of a mate, but they were supposed to tell you to get married, right? Um, and it says right here, Increased competition in polygamous culture, specifically those which one man takes several wives, leads to decreased gendered independence and increased household conflicts. Monogamy, the paper says, results in the opposite. There is a, posit uh, there is a positive statistical relationship between one and one couples and dem democratic equality, not just between the sexes, but among all citizens. All right. And then it says, what is natural? All the all this considered, some researchers aren't convinced that humans are naturally monogamous or that they should be. As the BBC reported, there is a difference between social monogamy and sexual monogamy. And I've oftentimes tried to distinguish both of those as well. Social monogamy, in my mind, is what people construct around you. They, they basically say, here's your mate. Don't look at my neighbor. Don't take my mate. Um, and you do it based on uh, the penalty. Uh, you get a penalty for not interacting in social monogamy, right? Like you have an affair, you get a penalty. You have an affair, you lose your children. You have an affair, you lose your marriage and get penalized legally. That's socially. But sexually, people do all kinds of different things. It says social monogamy involves a partner pair living together and then typically parenting their offspring. These couples typically have sex with one another, but they may not be 100% exclusive, right? Socially, you're together behind closed doors, but then in at night when you creep, when you pay for a woman, whatever it is, when a woman creeps on you, you're not 100% exclusive. Most social monogamous couples are not 100% exclusive. They are oftentimes having affairs. And it says, unlike those that are sexually monogamous, in latter, in the, the latter in the humans and other species is considered pretty rare. The latter, which is sexual monogamy, in humans and other species is considered pretty rare. So social monogamy, yes, 
And I've been saying on paper, socially, we're monogamous. But what have I always also been saying? We're more venturing in an underground polygamy, an underground polyamory. And now it's less underground. It's actually coming up. You're actually seeing people saying, I'm all out polyamorous. I'm all out bisexual. I'm all out trisexual. I'll try anything. Right? Now, people might hate what I'm telling you here, but this is published information, number one. Number two, you see this all around. You see this all around. You see affairs. You see people, uh, especially young people, adapting to uh, bisexuality and trisexuality. You see people switching genders. You see, you see it all around you, but you're mad at me, right? Don't be mad at me. Don't shoot the messenger here. You see the evidence of what I'm presenting, but you just don't like me talking about it, right? Right, right. All right, so uh, continuing on here, continuing on here. Uh, when it comes to mate selection here, you spend most of your time thinking about this, especially men. Men, you are preoccupied with what? Mate selection. Anytime you see uh, a woman whose fat is deposited in all the right areas, and some of you nasty boys, the fat can be, be ex uh, explicitly deposited in the wrong areas. You don't care where the fat is deposited. You're going to be on her. I think they say men think about sex every eight seconds. Some of you guys, every two seconds. The younger you are, the closer your thoughts are between the sexual partner. Matter of fact, if you walk through a mall, a fashion mall, I'm pretty sure every woman that you look at is a probably uh, a pretty good target. So you can't even keep your head off the swivel when you walk through the mall. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, this is just how we're built. And we're built because this is the most important thing that goes on in your life. Procreation, mate selection. You're always on the lookout for a mate. Now, women are not, women will, they will condition you to believe that women are often looking for a mate. They are always looking for a mate. They always dress every day and prepare themselves for the mate selection process, just in case they hit the lottery. So society will tell you in a way to, to get, to condition women or to get you to believe that they're not over overtly sexual, that they don't think about it as much as you. You guys think about sex all the time. I never think about it. Your wife will tell you, oh, I don't think about it. I only think about it twice a month. I don't even think about it until you initiate. This, These are all lies, by the way. These are all lies. You can never actually see that. But what, what they'll do is, what they, the way you can tell it's a lie is because many women wake up preparing themselves for the possibility of meeting a mate. All right, they stand all day in the mirror. They put, they put makeups on their faces, right, which mimics youth and beauty. I've done a whole stream on that. It, it mimics youth, vitality, uh, uh, and, <laughs> and uh, fertility, right? They do the rosy blush cheeks. They put the makeup on. They get their eyes to be brighter, right? Uh, they're doing Botox and all of these other things, right? They're dressing for the opportunity. So they think about this every day. The chances of it happening. And if it doesn't happen, it's either a pass or fail for them, right? So this is how important mate selection is, more important than your job or your career. Now, people romanticize things, and I take pride in challenging you on these ideas. I can bust every bubble that society has put in front of you. And I will say this, it's not that romance is bad. It's not that monogamy is bad. It's not that marriage is bad. It's what people have been able to do with these ideas that has been bad. People have been using these ideas to manipulate other people, to defraud other people, to mislead other people, to use other people. This is what people have done with it, unfortunately. And the state has figured it out 
And they've got their dirty hands in all of these situations, so much so that any interaction that you have with a woman's gentleman, it could be considered illegal or manipulative if she comes out not happy about it. I'm not happy. <laughs> right? It always could be you take the blame. When the court of public opinion is called, you're going to be the one taking the L. All right? And so you participate in romance. You participate in mate selection. Society has got its dirty hands in it. And you could take an L. Now, that's where it becomes really important for you. And I've challenged these ideas. I take pride in it. And I've challenged you. Okay, show me that romance works. Show me that monogamy works. Show me that marriage works. And I will let you get out a piece of paper. I'll say, go ahead and get a piece of paper out. I'll wait right here. Right? Go get the paper out. Write everybody you've been with, write everybody you've had a crush on. I've got a crush on you. Write everybody that you've kissed, write everybody that you swallowed their salami, guzzled it, write everybody that you've had sex with, write everybody that you've went on a date with, write everybody that you went into a relationship with, whether one day relationship or 10 year relationship, write everybody down, write them all down, write them all down. And at the bottom of it, Write the person that you're still with. Write how many of these people are still that you're still with. Now, you'll do this for 25 stinking years, okay? You'll keep going and going and going. You won't throw in the towel. You'll keep looking to hit the lottery in these situations. Or you'll have a mate, and the mate is not even the best sexually for you. The, the, the relationship's going downhill, and you'll still think, that this is a possibility. Well, listen, I, I don't know what to tell you. I listen, I'm not trying to take anything away from you, especially if you're a young man. You should be optimistic about certain things, but you should be cautious as well. Most people, if not all, are highly failures, high failures at this romance because you can't keep it up. It's impossible to keep it up. You know why? Because real life happens. Bills have to be paid. People have to be taken care of. So the support system can work. Romance will not work. It simply will not work. And so if you're a hopeless romantic, you're going to be frustrated almost all of your life. All my life, I pray for someone like you. And I thank God. Right? And so I know it's tough for you to hear. I know it's tough for you to hear. But this is the reality. You have 20 years of failed relationships and you still try. I don't know what you're doing here. <laughs> I don't know why. But some people have adapted their philosophy. See, see for me, somebody might call me a fa failure in relationships because I had a divorce. Uh, th that means you would have to say 50% of people who've ever gotten married or better, and including the people that are still in marriages, have failed at this, and it's okay. You might say a person is a failure because they, they can't get off the ground. They have a failure to launch in their dating life. Uh, I mean, 99% of these dates end up in fail. 99% of all relationships end in fail. 99% of all relationships end in fail. So you're not a fail because you can't get into a relationship or you can't find a woman or you can't find a man. You're not a failure. I mean, it is designed to fail. Monogamy is designed to fail. <laughs> the trap behind monogamy is that it fails. All right. You know why? Because it is not natural. Number one. And it's built on a myth, number two. And you probably got into it uh, doing dating, which stems for prostitution, number three. It is going to fail. All right. 
and everybody will and the people who have said you know what let me go this way or i'll go my own way or i'll live the free agent lifestyle i actually enjoy life and if somebody comes along and i have a little bit of temporary fun with them it's just as successful as a person chasing romance and monogamy and because somebody just mentioned it, it is big business monogamy and romance is big business and you're they're they're conditioning to you think about this way too much you think about it way too much and i can show you it's big business uh zales every kiss begins with k the dining industry the room the the restaurant industry overwhelmingly dependent on people going on dates and that was designed somewhere near the 1900s mid 1900s People opened up restaurants knowing that they would get couples to come in and goofy men to pay for women, right? Um, diamonds are a girl's best friend. Who's going to buy the diamonds? You, dumbass. Uh, marriage. We're going to be in theirs forever. Oh, it's not here forever? Well, the divorce industry is here to handle that. Child support. And this is when I get you into this. This is the million-dollar debt that you commit to by considering mate selection. So when you consider make selection, consider you're going to be a million dollars in debt before you even um, before you even hit uh, your, the children that you procreate before they even hit the age of five. You'll be at a million dollar debt. And now let me start right here. Yeah, Valentine's Day. And so the million dollar debt works like this. And then we'll do the super chats. The million dollar debt works like this. You get uh, you believe in romance. You believe in monogamy. Most of you will fail at it, but that's neither here or there. You uh, go to college. Many times you go to college to set yourself up to be successful in life, ultimately to be a provider. Okay, you want to provide for yourself. And if you do provide, have offsprings and a mate, you want to provide for them. And so you go to college or you start your career. And then you, you, you develop some sort of debt related to this. Many people develop some sort of debt or they start off light a little slower. Say they go the blue collar, the blue collar trade route. They have to be an apprentice for a little bit. So they'll go into a period of time where they're not getting paid or you'll be an intern or you collect college debt or you have to pay for college. That, that's a debt. OK, and then you find a mate based on how you position yourself. Normally in this age, you're more apt to want to find a mate because your your hormones are raging. You have raging hormones and you want to bust inside of as many walls as possible. But society says, no, only find one wall to bust in. And so you say, OK. All right, I'll find one wall to bust inside. And so you find a mate that could lead into some debt. It could be leaded to some debt. Like you're going to go into like, you know, you got to you got to pay for women's dates. You got to pay for the date. You got to pay for the flowers and you got to pull out chairs. You got to pay for the restaurants. You got to pay for your clothing, the cars. All of this stuff is going to come into it. You might consume debt in order to position yourself for the better mate. You might choose a career, a career. To better position yourself for mate selection. This is actually what people go into, right? This is why people pick up guitars. Not because they learn, like the guitar. It's because they'll be rich and famous if they stroke that guitar right. Um, and they'll get mates as a result. Um, then you'll build the house. So you'll get your career. You get your degree. You'll find your mate. You'll build your house. Most people do this ass backwards, and they wonder why it doesn't work. But that's neither here or there. Most people do this backwards, all right? They don't get no house. They ain't got no career, but they want to find a mate. I tell you, you're going to be very much unsuccessful in this world, especially the more we're becoming monetized. Okay. And so 
the idea was to build your nest before you procreate. Now, if you don't build your nest and then you procreate, which is the next debt, or you already build your nest, that's a debt. Then you procreate, that's a debt. Every child is going to cost in the neighborhood of 300 grand uh, to raise over the life of their children. Then you add on the house, or then you add on the marriage. I mean, we didn't even talk about the wedding. All right, the wedding is another debt to someone, your parents or yourself. And so then you procreate. Uh, most people procreate and then try to nest. I call those people idiots, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I call those people future welfare recipients. I call those people knuckle draggers and mouth breathers and ham and eggers, all right? But that's neither here nor there. Most people would literally build their nest first. Then you fight, try to do what? Save money for your future offspring. Saving money for your nest. Saving money for your retirement. You go through this million-dollar debt plan. It basically is some form of indentured servitude, and you think you're doing the right thing. And most times, you do right. It works out. No matter if the relationship doesn't work out, this path worked out before. But those days are almost gone. Saving for retirement is almost gone. All right? Finding, finding a house to purchase is almost gone for most Americans. All right, you get yourself in problems trying to find a house. Finding a mate is almost gone. Procreating in the institution of marriage is almost gone. We fully accepted people marrying, uh, carrying it before marrying. And some people aren't even going to college. And some people aren't even going to work. That's almost a gone idea. So this idea is actually slipping through your hands like the sands of an hourglass. These are the days of our lives. So these things are going away, yet you still are biologically programmed to achieve this. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult, especially if you still believe in romance. And if it isn't love, why do I feel this way? Why does she stay on my mind? And if it isn't love, why does it hurt so bad? Make me feel so sad inside. Yeah. If it isn't love. Listen, listen, listen. Hey, if you can't super chat, some people are having problems super chat. Go ahead and send me a cash app over here. And let's get into these super chats. <laughs> All right. We have fun over here by educating you. By the way, this is the best edutainment channel here on YouTube. We don't use 304 to get your attention. We just kick the knowledge, me and my big head, me and my big head. All you see is my big head in here. I kick the knowledge. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to get you to listen to delusional women talk. You know what I mean? I, and listen, shout out to my content creators. I, I'm cool with content creators that do that. But, you know, that makes it a little more repetitive. You know, it's kind of like I got that already. You know what I mean? But if you just want to see an issue or you want confirmation as to why you don't want to make select, go watch my brothers that do that. Shout out to all the brothers who do that, who put, uh, the modern woman on full display for you. All right, so that you can look at it and go, that's exactly why I don't pick up these girls, right? It's crazy. No, leave leave KM Lowe's uh, Milk Dud head comment on there. Now, I do have a head like a Milk Dud, all right? Hey, one of the things in life, gentlemen, is um one of the things, oh, he retracted the message. That's okay. And look at my chocolatey skin. Ladies, you would be, Ladies, you pay thousands of dollars a month to look like me. You know what I'm saying? You guys, you guys go to Sephora. 
you guys follow Kaylee Jenner, Kylie Jenner, Kaylee Jenner, whoever it is. You make up your face every day to look this good. And I didn't even shave today. You would, okay, it's all good. Look at this chocolatey natural skin. Look at this guy right here. Come on, man. I'm in my 40s. I'm in my mid-40s, ladies. <laughs> and the junior college be after me. Anyway, I forgot what we were talking about. Tommy Bryant, these simps be like, if at first you don't succeed, dust yourself off and gump again. Dust yourself off and gump again. Gump again. Aaliyah Gump Edition. Oh, man. What was that song? Yeah, I, I think the idea is that they, they want you to literally keep, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. You know what I mean? And, you know, at some point, you got to realize you're throwing bad money, good money at bad money. You're throwing good money at bad money. You're throwing good time at bad time. All right, Florida Henry says, 46 years old here. MTV was cracked 1985 to 95. So MTVs for the people who are critical of TikTok, uh, TikTok is MTV. It's basically MTV. And MTV started off first as music, right? They started off first as music. And then once people realize... That they had the attention of a massive amount of people, eventually they got into propaganda, right? They started saying, hey, we need to start pushing messages, right? Rock the vote. Uh, they started pushing the Skittles agenda. They started creating shows, reality shows. The first reality show was on MTV, The Real World. That was the first literal reality show how it's programmed today, The Real World. And then reality TV became famous because of MTV's Real World, which is basically uh, them throwing throwing toxic people into one house, right, of multiple races and basically throwing the melting pot to try to say, oh, it should be in harmony. And then they realized it wasn't harmonious. People had underlying undercurrent racial and sexual uh, orientation issues. And then they would make one person out to be the hated, oftentimes the black male, all right? He was the one who was less progressive and they would kick the black guy out or they would make him out to be the revolutionary, and then they would say the Skittles person oftentimes would be the victim, or the woman would be the victim. It was very much a uh, edited uh, show that pushed more of these issues. It was crazy. Yeah, so then they MTV then progressed to doing what? Racially stereotypical shows. Uh, they would have the white trailer park trap. They would have the Jersey Shore. All right, so it became less about music. Just kick the music videos. Nope. All right, so and then they start pushing in what uh sex kittens like Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears, and so they were venturing into a lot of dangerous territory. Then Teen Mom, right? So if you look at what MTV eventually came became, they start pushing things into the world because they had everybody's attention, and so these things were oftentimes things that people were uncomfortable about, but then they start making them normal. Oh, Teen Mom, no big deal, and then there were women doing. Young women doing uh, pregnancy packs. Oh, it's okay to be a teen mom in the middle of somewhere, trailer park trash, Kentucky. You see what I'm saying? It's crazy. It was a manufactured, scripted, uh, agenda-driven, pushed war. So eventually, TikTok will become that. Eventually, TikTok will become that. They and they, It's crazy. Yeah, social engineering to an extreme level. And so um, TikTok's going to become that. 
Uh, so, you know, we, I woke up, I woke up by about real world season three. I was like, mm. <laughs> I was like, something going on here, man. Uh, SAU Engineeria says Gordita gang, coach gang in the house. He says, coach, I went to Tucson, Arizona for the weekend. Lots of closed businesses, empty malls, and that they're actually begging people to work. Oh yeah. And my daily dose of Kaylee's. So you were good. There's a lot of trailer park Kayleys in Tucson, by the way. If you guys like, you know, trailer park Kayleys, Tucson, Arizona is the place to be. All right. You got some Zoe's there. All of that. Drinking some old natty. All right. Shout out to Kaylee. Hi, my name is Kaylee. I'm a blonde. I have no tits. I make boys fall in love with me. They always know it fits. I like being single. No, I've never been cussed. These boys want our relationship, but I'm just trying to. Shout out to Tucson, Arizona. I've been there, so don't act like I ain't. They, people like, they ain't like that in Tucson. Well, guy, Tucson is designed. I don't know if you guys remember this, the movie um, Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona with, I think, Nicolas Cage. Turn to the left. Or was it turn to the right? Turn to the right. Turn to the right. Raising Arizona took place in Tucson. See, some of these, some of these cities were I told you this. They were agricultural or old west cities. All right. You guys think you've been all these cities have been big old steel major complexes, you know, uh, major metropolitan areas. Most of your cities were either tr massive trailer parks, uh, agricultural, uh, agricultural cities or old western towns. And Tucson is that it's a city. It's a it's a it's a city mask. It's a Aggie. It's an old West town masquerading as a city. That's what it is. <laughs> it's an old West. Like you can go between. Is it between? Is it between Phoenix and Tucson? I think it's Phoenix and Tucson or New Mexico and Tucson. And they have the old tombstone. <laughs> you can go. Yeah, it's King of the Hill. They have the old tombstone, old West towns. You have the old ghost towns on the side of the road. You could get off and look at old ghost towns. That place, man, that, that place is basically an old West desert town. All right. Until it became University of Arizona and they pumped some money around it. You don't want to kick, you don't want to kick it in Tucson. Tombstone, Arizona. You know, the, 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 the people like Billy the Kid and all of them, that's where they used to roam through. That's what they used to do. Whatever Billy the Kid used to do, that's what they used. That's where they used to do it. Ride they horse into town, rob banks or whatever it was. That's where Billy the Kid kicked it at. Yeah, they're all now meth towns now. The jukebox, yeah, I remember that. Most of these cities, man, I tell you, man, they're not what they. You guys think they're 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 just so progressive metropolitan cities. This all this all designed to be looking like that. Uh, he also says no monogamy in 2022 and further it's free for all. Now, when you understand human nature, you don't care about the XXs anymore. You pursue hobbies and cash. Don't get trapped in today's social uh, society narrative. I agree with that too, man. It's, um, you know, you can get all consumed about this process and the process really is unsuccessful. The, the, the success rate is low and it's okay, guys. I, I know you want to fight me on this, and I know you don't want this to be true, but the success rate of monogamous relationships and marriage is low. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to be unsuccessful for you. I don't want you to be angry with it. I don't want you to be mad at me for calling this out. It's low. 
it's almost it's almost as if you're designed it's designed to fail. You know what I mean? Like it's it works against you. In order for you to keep this up, you have to accept certain conditions, right? Meaning you don't want to get divorced great. You're like, all right, I'll stay. It's cheaper to keep her. Or happy wife, happy life. He says nobody is fighting you. Um, Gemini's people are fighting me on this. They are, man. Now, listen, they they don't say it because they can't say anymore. The channels are too big. They can't really just come out and say it, but they know it's true. In order for you to keep this going, you got to embrace sexless marriage. In order to keep this going, you got to say, I'll stay for the kids. You know what I mean? In order to keep this going, you have to say, I want to reignite the spark after having years and years of sexless romantic. You have to engineer date night with your spouse or your girlfriend. You know, once you start having children and all this stuff, you're not paying attention to me. Okay, okay. You have to go into marriage counseling to keep this going. You know what I mean? Like, it's literally that the racism that we are experiencing and the struggle to make ends meet actually means the diets don't work the same. You know what I mean? It, it's designed to where there's institutions established to keep this facade going. You have to move to an exclusive private cul-de-sac to fake your marriage for years. And then all of a sudden, the marriage will just implode and the whole society, the whole cul-de-sac is like, oh, did you hear Nancy and Kevin? They're getting a divorce. Oh, no. They look so happy. I can't believe it. She was having an affair with the pool guy. And he was blowing backs out at the junior college. How dare her? You see what I mean? And you know what's happening is then people who don't have this opportunity for these relationships, what do they do? They spend all their time, despite this fact that they see people it crumbling all around them, they spend their time saying, yeah, but I still want it. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I want. This is how the game is messed up. Even though they see the unsuccessful rate uh, of passing around, they still want to get into it. And primarily women still want to get into it. And we'll tell you why in a minute. Yep, I can't believe it on Facebook. They used to post so wonderful pictures. They look like the perfect couple. Remember that couple in Atlanta, the so-called power couple in Atlanta? And then she ended up dusting his ass out, deleting them. Power couple in Atlanta. Here it is, Ronell and Kiana. Now, this is how sick people are. As a And not, listen, I'm not trying to burn down society. You guys are doing it yourself. All right, but this is how sick our society is. When I bring this up, you're like, well, that was just one. That was just one person. <laughs> you're like, look, well, that's just one person. I mean, not all marriages are going to end this way. And I'm like, how sick are you? How, how sick are you to be like, well, we'll just overlook that. Mm. I, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, like, that's a big critical issue. This is a critical issue. And how did it go that way? Why, why did it go? Why did it end up that way? We, we need to discuss and ex explore why we, you know, like Romeo and Juliet. Oh, well, you know, they loved each other, though. It is crazy, man. <laughs> that cumulative toxic love. Uh, let me continue on with the show. Let me see if I can get one more. Black, Black Pill Metal says, I will ask coach to remind men that womenism freed us 
from giving commitment and can sleep around 24-7 without giving a wedding ring if we choose so. Yeah, a lot of us, I've been trying to get you guys out of red pill rage and all of this stuff. I wrote the book on feminism. And the idea that I came up with after writing the book, it was like, wait a minute, society's probably going to collapse around this idea. Okay. It's already doing it. Like the Pope even recognizes it. Like the birth rates declining and the marital rates are declining. And 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 um um what do you call it? People are sexually liberated. So promiscuity is on the rise. People aren't settling down and people are not moving into single family households. Uh, they're ultimately going to lean on the government at the end. It, it's it's not a recipe that works, but I'll just be here for it to be burned down. I don't care. But I want men to realize feminism actually is in favor of you. As a man, independently, like there was a time you had to get married to get some peace leave. There was there was very rarely a time where you could go like a dating coach in the 1950s. No such thing. There was no need for it because the way you got it overwhelmingly was to marry the woman. And let's just say you got it and did not marry the woman. If somebody found out y'all two got together, shotgun wedding time. You had a penalty to pay. Okay? And the only way you could get it was in houses of debauchery, meaning what women are doing today online, freely. Like the women had to hide in a house where the sheriff and everybody, damn the mayor, was playing poker downstairs. And they had girls sitting up there with fans. Come on upstairs and get some of this fumigated peace leave. Back in my old days, you could get some without marrying, but you had to wait if you weren't Chad or Tyrone. Like, like you, if you weren't ducking a basketball like this, you was on the waiting list. And you had to wait 90 days. That was the principle. That's what people did. Women were like, I'm going to make his ass wait 90 days. The three-month rule. There's a book written on this called The Rules. And that was written in 1995. See, this is how far we progress. It was this book, some, one of these books right here. Oh, wait a minute. That's not the, that's not the book. I got to get up the right book. Here's the book right here. Let me see if I can pop it up. Damn, the wrong book. Oh, no, 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 no. The right book came up. Right here. And look at the title of the book. The Rules, Time-Tested Secrets for Capturing the Heart of Mr. Right. That book was written and published in 1995. <laughs> in this book, in this book, I'll have to read it and do a show. In this book, the idea was make his ass wait for 90 days for one piece of peace leave. And then the overriding message was, ladies, if you don't make them wait 90 days, you can forget about it. Forget about marriage. Forget about Mr. Right. Forget about your you're fumbling the bag and getting what you want, which is your retirement plan, your marriage. If you don't wait the 90 days, you're done. You're done. Now, we're saying the same thing now. We're like, ladies, y'all can have all the sex you want. You ain't going to get the man you want. Ah, We'll do what we want. And are they getting the man they want? Nope. They're not getting it. So even in as, as early as 1990 or as late as 1990, the rules were 90-day wait for some peace leave. 
Steve Harvey eventually evolved that into, he basically took that rules book and, and somewhere in 2010 wrote, think like a man, act like a woman or whatever it was, something like that. And he took the rules and made it for straggle daggles because the rules were meant for Jewish and white women. <laughs> I literally be like, <laughs> I know I'm cold sometimes. The rules weren't for straggle daggles in the community. They was like, them girls, all they want to do is zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. They ain't going to be able to handle that. They out there shaking their butt and dropping it fast and shaking that ass. You know what I mean? And so Steve Harvey said, there's a market of women that have been frivolous with their sex that maybe we can reel them back in with some hopeless romance. And so Steve Harvey did the capitalization on it. He said, I'm going to make the rules for the community or white women that like black men. But basically it was how to get a black man. That's what it was. <laughs> so you had big overweight white women. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Let me see here. Let's, let's put up a disclaimer. Cause I used to see it all the time. I used to see big Latino overweight white women. Like, what are you reading that book? I'm reading the Steve Harvey book. I'm like, <sighs> single moms. I'm like, Basically, how to be your, how to get a black man. That was basically how the book was. How to get black men. <laughs> um, how to get a black man. And then it was restrict him from sex. Make him work for it. Rah, 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 right? And so these women have already overwhelmingly been conditioned to not make these men work for it. And then I was like, your success rate is very low. Like, you know, you ain't going to make this work right here. It's not going to work. And then guess what? In that time, since the 10 years, since 10 or 12 years that this book has been put out, relationships have gotten more dismal. It hadn't gotten better since Steve Harvey put out the book. It's gotten worse. And promiscuity has gotten worse. So then now we ventured into what we have now, which is no rules. It's the Wild Wild West. And then now everyone's out here doing what? They're trying to do alternative relationships. Polyamory, ethical non-monogamy. Um, bisexuality trisexuality they're doing trans we've opened up pandora's box now anything goes and then there's still people oh we've doing uh older women wanting romance and relationships which in the history of time that wasn't a thing women in their late 30s 40s and 50s going hey i want a gentleman i want my soulmate i i haven't met my soulmate yet i'm like you've been married three times yeah but i haven't met my soulmate yet I mean, we're, this is where we are, where it's like, in past times, they would be spinsters or old maids, or it was like, you ain't never getting married. Your, your hope is over, or leftover women, as they say in China. So we now have run the gamut of impossibility. We're trying to make the impossible possible. This is what we're doing now, and we've opened up the Pandora's box. It's, it's, a, it's a mess now, and it ain't my fault. Let's listen to this brother right here. This is a clip on Vlad. I know Vlad going to try to come after me on this one. But I got to play it. Listen to this brother right here. His name is Nuri X. He's from the Nation of Islam. Shout out to the brother. And uh, Bean Pies for everybody. I'm going to play it. It's a quick clip. Um, listen to him talk about what happens. Uh, wh how, why we spend so much time on mate selection. It's not that we're spending time on um, building businesses and all this stuff. You men don't. You guys want business information. But oftentimes, that's the lowest rating, lowest rated videos that I do. Lowest rated videos. 
Somebody said flag on flag me. So basically, I'll paraphrase him then. I'll paraphrase him. He basically said he would do seminars. He wrote a book. Uh, what is the name of his book? I can't remember. But basically, he says, we would go to these seminars and we would be talking about business and all of these other things uh, that men thought they were important. Then he said, ultimately, after he would go to these seminars, the men who promoted the seminars and the conferences, they spend their time talking about mate selection. They spend their time talking about how they're having trouble at home, how they're having, uh, you know, uh, how the wife or the husband's having trouble at home. So ultimately, many of their issues stem from not being business minded, but their relationship and their mate selection was uh, torpedoing them, torpedoing them. Okay. And this is what normally happens. You're doing, you're overly successful in your career. You're overly successful in your business. You're overly successful in building yourself up. But guess what? When you go home, your home is tearing you up. Your relationships are tearing you up. Your lack of relationships are tearing you up. You're you picking the wrong mate. Your kids aren't happy. Your wives aren't happy. And then you come home to that when you're out there being successful. So mate selection is of the prime. I'll drop the link to this video at, well, let me see it for here. Um, I'll drop the link in here so that you guys can look at it on your own time. Just so we don't get a copyright from Vlad. Vlad. Uh, glad shout out to glad tv i'll drop it i'll drop it in the description box here so you can watch it on your own time okay nori x it's in the description box below most of the time you're successful everywhere else but your home life is the thing that tears you down all right uh let's talk about oh why am i talking about child support oh man i meant to look up something in child support i forgot let's talk about this sexual transmutation Somebody said, just play the audio without the video. Let me see something here. How can I do that? I did that last time. Oh, that's what I'll do. I'll do it on my phone. That's what I did. All right, so I'll play the audio without the video. There you go. Because you don't really don't need to see him in the video. So I'll pull up the audio. Thank you for that, brother. Thank you for that, brother. My brother, 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 how you making it down? Professor overseas, I got Pip in my crown. Who knows about X-Clan? Brother, 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 how you making it down? All right, so let me see something right here. Let me see something. I'll play the audio. See if Glad TV get me on. All right, so let me see if I can pull it up over here. Why can't, Why is my Bluetooth? Is my Bluetooth not working? Okay. I see that, and I'll raise you a 1,000. All right, so um, normally it connects to my Bluetooth. See, now I'm messed up. All right, so anyway, we'll come back to that. Because now my phone's not connected to my damn thing over here. Over here. What is this over here? Uh, let me see. Bluetooth. Turn it on. It is on. Paired. Oh, it is paired. Oh, this is a damn shame. Now look at me. Now look at me. You can hate me now. All right, here. Anyway. <laughs> We were going to play the audio alone, but obviously then it's not collected to my Bluetooth speaker. All right. So anyway, going back to sexual transmutation. Sexual transmutation, how to transmute sexual energy. I've been telling you to read the book, um, uh, Napoleon Hill, uh, Outwitting the Devil. 
the devil is basically anything that distracts you and makes you a drifter. What is sexual transmutation? Sexual transmutation is taking the sexual energy that builds inside of you and channeling it to something else. You'll let that physical energy build up. Clairvoyant uh, initiative, uh, Catherine Allen notes, and you purposely don't release it in the sexual way, in that sexual way. You could or choose to channel it directly into physically physical sex, as so many do. But if you need a little extra oomph of creative energy or physical might, holding off on the sex and using that energy elsewhere is the idea of sexual transmutation. And so we bring you these ideas. Not everybody uses the, these ideas, but what happens is we tell you guys, be patient. You're going to get where you need to get here. But you guys end up saying, but Coach, she thick. I got to have her right now. I got to bust that nut. Right? I got to get that, Coach. Coach, I got to get it. I got to get it. I got to get it. And uh, I understand. As a man, I understand. But then oftentimes you look back at your life and you go, what do I have in life? I don't have any discipline. I don't have anything. I'm not built any, anywhere. Um, I don't have the life that I want. I don't have the mate that I want. What's going on? It's tough out here in the dating world. And you're like, hey, I got to get that nut. The next day, you're like, but coach, he thick. I got to have it. 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 And you will, you will proceed to demolish your progress in trying to chase that nut. But this is all how you're primarily designed. Unfortunately, society is designed against that, right? It's harder for you to build a family when you're young. Before, it was easier. Now, it's almost impossible. So people have to start later in life. But what I always try to encourage men is there's options for you out here. So I give you solutions. Many of you guys don't like the solution that I give you. And then you say, yeah, but I, you don't give us solutions. Guys, I tell you about sexual transmutation. I tell you about um, the women in your generation aren't your generation of women. Your generation of women are oftentimes the ones that come after you. The women in your generation end up, you try to watch them ride the carousel. You're trying to struggle to date them. You don't have any leverage. You're trying to marry them young and they don't, they want to run the streets or you're trying to run the streets and they're trying to marry you young. I gave you a solution there. I told you about surrogacy. I told you about having families overseas. I, I mean, I, I've given you multiple solutions more than what MGTOW would give you, right? And so this is why I had to open up and go, hey, MGTOW is a little restrictive, but it's good, but it's a little restrictive. Let me let me open up possibilities for you. Free agent lifestyle is a possibility. But end up saying, you end up going, no, I'm going to take the brokest, laziest way of doing it, meaning the, the, the thing that's going to make you most sub, uh, subject to manipulation in the family court and all of that stuff. What you'll do is you'll be like, nope, I'll go get a nut, I'll select a woman, and then I'll ask questions later. You'll be like, I'll ask questions later. And then I tell you, once you start asking questions later, it's going to be hell to pay. You're, it's out of your control. And then you end up divorced. And so I've often told people, and I'm trying here, divorce, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as divorce. I want you to understand that right now. Especially if you have children. If you have children, all you're doing is living apart, raising children in the most impossible odds. I'm waking you guys up. See, you guys think, oh, I'll get married and divorce and we'll no, be no big deal. Guys, 
Divorce is probably one of the toughest things a man and woman will ever go through. And the reason why is because there's no such thing as divorce. Divorce is something that matters only to the state. It matters none to you, especially if you have children. You still have the responsibility to each and every child that you've had in that union. And such, these children can be used against you, in which then other social services will come to attack you. You basically open the door to these services. And they care none about you and your situation or who cheated or whatnot. It matters none. What's eventually going to happen is you're going to be open to some sort of serfdom or slavery working for a situation where you thought you were getting divorced and getting rid of the mate, but you never are really getting rid of the mate. You're attached to that person forever, especially if you have children or if you enter into uh, co-mingle your funds. If you co-mingle funds, you're attached to them forever. Okay. How will you handle this? Well, I've given you uh, numerous ways to handle this, but once you handle it, it's over. I mean, once you handle it, it's not over. I mean, these things stay with you forever. So I always say this, I always say this, you get divorced, which you wanted to pass on your genetics. That's simply what you wanted to do, but you had to get a marital union via the state. They got their hands involved in it and you want to part, uh, live apart from your partner, but you still have children. You're going to raise them in the most unlikely of circumstances called co-parenting, which is a myth as well. Basically, the child will learn how to manipulate both houses. They will be able to house shop. They live out of a backpack and suitcases all of their life, all of their younger years when they could have just lived in their own bedroom. Uh, but you guys were so selfish that you guys couldn't meet in the middle, have a great meeting of the minds. So you decided to live apart and divorce under the uh, legalities of the state. But guess what? You're still going to see that person numerous times. You're going to see that person way more than you want to see them. Okay. And if you're not on one accord, these meetings, these, every time you see the person, there'll be stress. There'll be anxiety. There'll be tension. And everybody in the room could feel it. Why aren't you talking to your baby moms? Why aren't you talking to your ex-wife? Boy, y'all still beefing. Everything will be contentious. You'll argue over things that uh, the court has to settle, that normally the court would never settle these issues if you were on one accord and still living together. Court would never get involved in stupid situations like who gets the art collection at parent-teacher conference. But you're in court fighting it because the state's greedy. I want half the art and he gets half the art. You're fighting it and costing yourself thousands of dollars to fight over art at the elementary school back-to-school night. You see what I mean? And this is how the divorce gets their hands in it and gets rewarded. And so you're going to see each other at open house, parent-teacher conference. Anytime your kids have a school event, uh, inter, uh, uh, extracurricular activity, an uh, interscholastic event, graduation, uh, promotion, the prom, homecoming, all of these. You're going to see this person, bro. You're going to see them, and you're going to see them a lot. And so these are just their education years. Once they advance past the education years and they start making decisions based on driving, college, their own mate selection, children, them having children, their weddings, if they, if they participate in it, whether they need financial support well into their mid-20s, into their 30s, you're going to have to do what? Be in 
um, be in counsel and be on one accord with your divorced spouse. And if you guys are beefing all these years, bro, guess what? It's going to be terrible for your kids as they advance through life. You're the demonstration of what they consider relationships and, pro and, and child development. This is why the marital rate is plummeting, because we're the third, fourth, fifth generation of divorce. And your kids have seen you idiots and how you're acting, and they want none of it. They'll rather be bisexual than to go through what you've gone through. Not to mention the financial consequences of this divorce. Sometimes it could be devastating. So your mate selection caused you to be divorced into your mid-50s. Guess what? You're screwed. You're screwed. You're, you're not going to recover financially. You're going to be in the hole. That's where you're going to be. So there's no such thing as divorce, right? Anybody that's ever been through a divorce with children knowing, you know, you're still going to have to be talking to your spouse, your ex-spouse on everything, bro. And that is saying this, that's saying that your kids have their head on straight. What if they're an idiot? What if they get into crime? What if they get into trouble at school? What if they uh, knock up a kid, another a woman when they're young? What if she gets knocked up? You see what I'm saying? So you guys got to understand what you're getting into. And this mate selection is part of this. Why? This is your one life, and you're going through probably 20 years of stress, agony, and pain. You're going to go through 20. Now, you might not, but you're highly likely going to go through it. Child support. Is, you're going to go through this, and, it, and it's all going to stem back to your choice in mate. You'll have your career being successful. You'll have everything in life going your way. And your mate selection will come back to haunt you. You'll be like, damn, why did I even bust a nut raw into this woman? And vice versa. The woman will say, why did I even let him do that to me? And you did it. But your life is good everywhere else other than this part. And I'm living that right now. My life is fantastic. But when it comes to now, oh, man, I got to call my ex-wife or I got to have a message with her in response to something like, uh, you know, my daughter's car. <laughs> you know what I said? Or uh, my daughter's going to be choosing colleges. Now we got to have this discussion back and forth. These discussions oftentimes with married people would happen with no problem. You just have to work through the issue. You got to be like, okay, she's choosing college. What are we going to do? Who's going to pay? We saving for money. How are we going to save for it? But when you're divorced, this becomes like a, oh, man. Now, if I tell her I saved the college money, she's going to want half of the money. Or if I tell her I paid the first two years of college and you paid the second year, it's going to be a problem. I don't have any college money. Then I end up paying for it anyway. Or I pay for the college and you pay for her discretionary expenses oh my god i don't have enough money to pay for discretionary conflict conflict let's say you got a new partner let's say you divorce and one of you got a new partner and now your partner is living with her new i'm sorry her new partner or your new partner is living with your children do I have a say in that? Nope. You don't. 
You have no say in that. Somebody's talking about it right now. Kids getting vaxxed now. The, the, the mother wants to vax the kid. The father doesn't want to vax the kid. Conflict. Sometimes this conflict could change custody. So let's say your wife, ex-wife, gets a new partner, and he gets a job in Dallas, Texas. She wants to move. They get married, and she, they want to move to Texas to follow the husband's career. Now what? Now what? This shit is real. <laughs> you go through this for real. I had a friend that went through that, and he spent $50,000 to try to prevent his, his, um, his ex-wife from moving from Ventura County to Orange County with his young children who were elementary school age. So then he had to come to an agreement in which he had every weekend, every holiday break, every summer break, but the ex-wife got to move with the new spouse down to Orange County. And he was in Ventura County, which I don't know, guys, you, it would take an hour and a half to two hours to drive that on a regular weekday. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? This is crazy. It's crazy, but it happens all the time. And he told me he wished he didn't spend that money. He wished they would have came to an agreement, but the spouse doesn't have to be agreeable. They can do what they want to do based on how they live their lives. And I think eventually she ended up breaking up with that new guy. Now what? She's broken up with that new guy. She moved down there. She got divorced from this guy. Now what? She got double divorce. Also knew a person that got, um, that uh, uh, a woman got married. She had kids with that guy. She left that guy. She had three kids. She had, she had three kids total, but she had a kid out of wedlock. Then she married a guy, had two kids. Then she got married again. She got married again. She got married to a guy that had three guy, three kids. They moved six kids into one house, three from her side. And her would be her second marriage, but her third legal man and his second marriage with three kids. They moved all in one house, bro. Within a year and a half, they were divorced. And guess what happened? Now you had you had a super duper breaking up of the Brady Bunch. In which they're now fighting over custody of the dog and children that weren't even biologically theirs. How they were going to see each other, bro. This is why I say you guys got to really think about what you're doing. <laughs> These things have lifelong consequences and you're affecting a lot of people. And people that don't bring this stuff up. Shame on you. I'm telling you, people don't bring these stories up. I literally say shame on you. If you're promoting people getting married, and I'm not talking about Kevin because I really don't know if he does that or not. All right, people keep saying it, but I don't hear it. I think he wants the idea of it, but I'm not talking about him specifically. I'm talking about people who brush past these issues and don't bring them up. Well, it might not happen to you and you don't have people protecting themselves. Shame on you. I swear to God, shame on you. You can be critical of my commentary, but my commentary is very much real. I'm not trying to say, well, none of these things are going to happen to you. Guys, shame on you. Shame on everybody who disagrees with this. Be, me being able to say this. Because these things have lifelong consequences attached to them. For real. Lifelong. Lifelong. All right? And they affect you. They affect you for generations. They affect you for years. Let me see if I can hook this Bluetooth up here. All right? 
They affect you for years, decades. They affect how you how you live your life, the stress of things. All right, I'm going to see if I can play this thing here. All right, I'm going to see how fast I can do it as an old man looking at my phone here. What am I connecting to? I'm connecting to the Roadmaster here, Road Podcaster. All right, connect, oh, connection unsuccessful here. So it didn't want to do it here. Didn't want to let me. Didn't want to let me. All right, so let me turn that Bluetooth off. Come back in here. And I just want people to be 100% fair of these issues, right? Um, the, the fact that you're going to have lower testosterone, right? I'll tell you, once you marry, your testosterone is going to lower. These are all things, man. It is what it is. It's a big, big gamble. But unfortunately, the, the reason why it's a big gamble is because the state has got its greedy hands in the situation. Think long and hard. Pause. Let's see if I can get this thing connected. And then I can play this audio. So I got it. It's done. So let's see if I can play this audio of this gentleman here on this particular show. And people want to shame me. No, shame on you. For real. <laughs> shame on you. For real. If you if you want to shame me for continue to do these shows, shame on you. Not me. As George W. Bush says, fool me once. Shame on. <laughs> All right, let's see. Well, you wrote a few books. Uh, one of them is Financial Coonery, Black Dollars Matter. Well, that was a lecture. Oh, lecture. That, okay, that was I'm a sorry. lecture so, idea. So th these are probably lectures as opposed yes, to Yes, those, if you're on the site, those are lectures. I do have four books. Um, okay. And one is Before You Say I Do. That's about mate selection. It's the most important decision you could ever make in your life after choosing to believe in God is to pick the right one to spend the rest of your life with. The mate, the mate you choose will either inspire you to grow into your greatness or confine you to complacency. They either be your other half or make you a half of yourself. So some people are like, the screen's frozen. No, I'm, I'm playing the audio only. All right, but listen to what he said. They either, let me see something here. Let's see what he said. And God is to pick the right one to spend the rest of your life with. The mate, the mate you choose will either inspire you to grow into your greatness or confine you to complacency. They either be your other half or make you a half of yourself. The minister said, like, it's a good relationship will bring out the best in you and cause you to become more youthful. And a bad one will bring out the worst in you and age you prematurely. So mate selection is something we've been struggling with, as this was one of those three sciences that they said in 1867 on the halls of Congress that must never be taught to the slaves. So what happened, Vlad, is that as we were moving to all of these cities, being invited to speak, no matter who was inviting us, we always found that we was off in a corner at the hotel in a sidebar counseling session, talking to somebody that was coordinating these events about their relationship problems. And I said, man, you know, when marriage is done right, your home becomes a spiritual recharge center where you can break away from the wickedness of the world, let your firewall down and come home to a place of pure love where you can plug into and extract peace and power. But whenever the organizers that are fighting for freedom, justice, and equality have to go home and get drained. And I said, man, the last thing that a man wants to come home to after fighting in this world is to have to go round two with his own woman. And the last thing a woman wants to come home to after fighting in this world is to find a man that ain't been fighting at all. 
All right, there you go. I thought that was a great piece of uh, information there for you guys to use. Never shoot the messenger. This guy's trying to help. You know what I mean? He's trying to help. People did start saying, oh, he's affiliated with this and that. No, it's a great piece of message, no matter who you believe in and what you follow. All right, this is going to be, he's telling you, no matter above everything else, this will be the most important decision you make, even if you choose to not have a mate at all. It, you literally don't pass on your genetics. You, you, you essentially die out, all right? Or you essentially say, I choose peace and quiet and freedom above all. Instead of getting in these situations where it's overwhelmingly unsuccessful. <laughs> it's overwhelmingly, uh, it, listen, it is bar none one of the most unsuccessful ventures you will get into. And then when the legal institutions are attached to it, it's going to cause you stress and strife. If you're married to somebody and you can't detach from them illegally, it's going to cause you stress legally. It's going to cause you stress and strife. It's going to cause you a heart attack. If you can detach from them legally, it's going to cause you stress and strife no matter what you do. All right. Anyway, let's get into these super chats. We're trying to teach out here. I'm not trying to not get you to build your legacy. Uh, super nifty Susie one. Hey, CGA, if you are telling men not to get married, I'm not telling men not to get married, by the way. What does that mean for women like me, a sturdy who want to get married and have kids? Well, let's go ahead and say buzzer beater. Why are you 30 wanting to get married and have kids? That is my question. Shout out to super nifty Susie. Why are you 30? And wanting to have kids. See, to me, that means you bit into the wrong type of uh, reality. How many kids do you want to have at age 30? That's my question. How many kids do you intend to have at age 30? Well, I'm going to tell you, you're going to spend, you're signing a man up potentially if you're a white woman or an Asian woman, you're signing that man up to do IVF, in vitro fertilization, more than likely adoption, surrogacy. We're talking about $1,000, thousands of dollars of investment, right? Number one, off the rip, he potentially will have to have face infertility with you or him in which he has to seek alternative methods to, to, uh, to procreate. That's number one. Number two, number two on this one is you're established in your career more than likely in which he's signing up for someone else to raise his kid. Who wants to do that? Not many men want to do that, especially men that have advanced. So you're probably looking at an older male uh, in his 30s that you want to build a family with, and he's going to have to uh, assume that position right here. And that's you. Number three on that one. Number three. An older male in your age range probably has already been married and divorced and has kids. So you want to start a family. He already has kids. What the hell? Would, why would he start a family with you? OK, your mate selection choice. Now you have to choose from men that probably have been already married and divorced. And he already had kids. He probably doesn't want more kids. And if he does want more kids, he's got a big financial decision to make. The next part of all of this, I've got more. I got more on this one. The next part of this is what if you meet a man that wants to have six kids? You're not going to be able to produce six kids more than likely. Number one, if you have a career, you're not leaving your career to produce six kids, but now he wants six kids. What are you going to do then? No, I only want one or two. Hell no. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no, no. 
He wants to then go back to what? A woman that has time enough to produce six kids. Number three, number eight, wherever number I'm on, you're handing him years and years of opportunities lost. He doesn't know what to do, what to investigate, et cetera, et cetera. And then on your end, you're having to do a Hail Mary. You're 30. Odds are age 35. You've got a window, a really short window to work with. You're probably going to pick the wrong mate out of desperation. All right. This is why Mother Nature gave you from the age of 15 a cycle in which indicated to the world that you were ready to pro procreate. In past times, we actually took advantage of the window. In current times, we take no advantage of this window. We actually throw that window all away out. And then we try to get men out of desperation at the end. And that's you. Let's start a family. <clears throat> the next thing, by the time you get a kid, at age 30, 35, or wherever you're going to get one, you get one kid. You're going to be 55 by the time that kid cross away, crosses the uh, graduation stage in high school. <laughs> why, did, why are you deciding at age 30? Do you have a man right now? This is all the things I have to ask. Do you have a man picked and selected to have a kid? Or are you waiting to find the guy? If you're waiting to find a guy and you're 30, bruh, man, good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, not only that, the health of the child you have to consider now. Listen, don't get mad at me. Go look this up in science books, all right? Go look this up in your biology book. Do not be mad at me. The health of the children are now coming into question. We have a really big rise in autism and uh, Ash Asperger's syndrome. And all of these things, people that are born on the spectrum, and this is because people are waiting late to procreate. It's not my job uh, to not hurt your feelings here. This is the reality of the situation. High-risk pregnancies are pregnancies after the age of 32. You're entering to high pregnancy risk by choice. Slim the nun is slim just die. I don't know what to tell you, man. Look. I, I think, and I've wrote in the book, The Evolution, I think people are, with these agendas, you're, you're building yourself up, you're pushing your career first, and then you're going to pause for a minute to have kids at 30, 32, 35. The best thing to do, I think, for people is to kind of get this process gone earlier. I don't understand why people push the other way when you're actually using your best fertility, your best eggs, and then you wait to the end. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can always go back to a career and get restarted. Let's just say, for instance, let's just say, for instance, you had the kids at 22. They're going to tell you not to do it. You're, you're, you're still young, live your life and all this stuff. You had kids at 22. And then by 25, 27, you've had two or three kids. You raise them for a little bit until you're 32. Now the kids are middle school age or fifth grade and up. They almost self-sufficient. Now you can start what you've already started. You can get that started then. Now you're 35 and you can work all the way to 55. And now you got all that stuff off. the. You got that, all that stuff out of the way. But what we do is flip it. 
Now build it up, and then eventually you're going to have to take time away to push out one kid, maybe two. Then that kid spends the rest of his life in after-school daycare, you know, daycare centers, not raised by you. You never really get the parent the kid. I don't get right now what we are doing. I, it really doesn't make sense at all. And I'm not pushing this agenda. Either. Men, I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to this, and I want you to listen good. If you marry someone in their 30s, and I'm going to put this up here because I have to put up, I have the disclaimer going here. If you're marrying someone in their 30s and you're going to start a family with them, which there are people who do this. There are people who do this, but it's going to cost you what they don't tell you. It's going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars of money, of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars of money to do this. Let me see here. My question, uh, let me see here. Why are, why are we waiting to 30? Is she still here? Why? I know people are going to tell you, no, 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 no. It's not that way and all this stuff. Here we go right here. We'll use Goggle. Goggle.com. I said, what age is considered a high-risk pregnancy? This is just one. Uh, if you're 17 years old or younger or 35 and older, your pregnancy could generally be considered high-risk. Um, and, and let me just tell you, as a person that had a child with a woman that was high-risk, it wasn't because of her age. It was because she had a condition. When you're high-risk pregnancy, you're overly monitored. You might get slowed down. So you might have a job, think you're going to work all the way until the end of your pregnancy, but they might, because you're high risk, tell you to pull back from that job. See, these are things that people don't know. They'll tell you to, oh, don't, they'll tell you to, don't go to work, you know, after five or six months, oh, you know, you might break your back. You're going to put stress on the child. So then what do you do then? That husband's not expecting that, anticipating that. Your, your job's not anticipating that, but you put that on them because of your decision which is selfish, right? And so now everybody's got to pay because you're high risk. Okay. Now people at your job are mad, men and women. They're like, oh, what, what's going on now? You do this one, two, or three times. Any pregnant woman having a baby over 35 is considered advanced maternal age. I swear to God, I keep telling you the truth here. 30, guys, it's not 45, 35. Not to say that women over here cannot have healthy children. I'm just telling you, these things cost you tens of thousands of dollars. So yes, yeah, she can do it. But does it mean, just because you can do it, does it mean you should? And when you do do it, is it going to cost you money? It's going to cost you dollars. Any pregnant woman having a baby over the age of 35, don't be mad at me. Yeah, you're going to have to go to doctor's visits. Like if you're advanced, like if you're like in a non-high-risk pregnancy, you can see the doctor four or five times and you're good. All right. A high-risk person got to be at the doctor every three weeks or four weeks. Bang, 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 bang. Because they're always like, we need to check this. We need to monitor this. Guys, I, I've seen it. I've seen it. My 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 ex was considered high-risk but because she had a situation going on. That could cost her her life during the birth. So I we had to really monitor her. It, it wasn't like a traditional pregnancy. 
So that's going to cost you a lot. And then you do this one, two, three times over. It's going to take a toll on you. And it's going to cost you thousands. Okay, let me let me just put this up here. Somebody said my mom had me at 37. What you have to understand is, what, were you the first child? Were you the first child? That's always to be considered. So the what people do say is, yeah, well, my mom had me at 37. Were you the first child or the third? Because it's different. After you, if you're the third child at 37, that's completely different. She's already got her body used to the situation. It's already kind of, <laughs> it's already there. She's, her body's used to the, but when you're the first child at 37, it's going to be a, it's harder to six. It's harder to stick. You're the first baby at 35. So yeah, people will have the process already started and then the biology already knows what to do. It's a little different. Um, let me see here. Of IVF. Let's see here. I'm going to put this up because for people who want to consider this, <laughs> this is the cost of IVF. I know a couple who waited. The woman waited till around 35. She finally got married. She picked a guy. And that's you. Somebody says mine was 37, but I was the fifth child. Exactly. It's different when you've already started the process. All right, but if it's the first one off the rip, here's the here's what the cost of IVF. I know a couple who got married. She got married into her mid-30s. She was an educator. We'll just say that. She's an educator. She married a law enforcement officer. And they spent almost $60,000, allegedly, on this. And guess what? They had, tw they had twins, allegedly. <laughs> I'm just letting you know, they spent like 60 grand trying and trying and trying, jacking off into a Petri dish, blah, blah, blah. One after the egg, oh, trying, 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 $60,000. And she was mid-30s in her career, all this stuff. Now, you should know that going in, right? Wouldn't you want to know this information? And then if it doesn't work, then they're going to be like, well, what about adoption? Well, what about surrogacy? And this is your wife or you get divorced. Who? There was a couple of couples that got divorced based on this, right? Uh, recently, if I'm not mistaken, there was a couple that got divorced because she wanted to have kids and he didn't or he wanted to have kids and she didn't. And then eventually, I can't remember who it was. We reported on it. Anyway. And if it doesn't work, it's going to cost you, it's going to cost you your marriage. And I'm going to ask guys this, you know, you have to really consider, do you want like, uh, you know, like if you're 35, 36, 37, you've already had kids, but someone wants to marry you and she wants to have kids. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry, we're going off here and I'll get to the super chats. I actually had a neighbor who just moved. He was in this exact situation. He was in this exact situation. So this is what the situation was. And this guy, man, I felt bad for him because he looked like he wasn't not happy with life. So he had a daughter when he was younger. I don't know if it was a marriage or not, but the daughter was a teenager somewhere around the age. Uh, she was around the age of 20. She was in college. She died. She died. So she died from uh, drug use. And I think they're assuming fentanyl was in some sort of drug. So she died in her 20s. 
And so I met the guy. I mean, he came and chopped it up with me. And every time I would see him, he would be like, oh, man. And so then he met another woman. And he married her. But she was in she's in her 40s. She's in her 40s. And she wants to have kids. And every time I was seeing him, he would be like, oh, man, you know, we're really trying to have kids. He was telling me he doesn't want to do it. But he's kind of like she wants to do it. So he basically was signing his own death warrant. You know what I mean? I was kind of like, I was like, dude. And he was like, I really don't want to. I've already had my daughter. It ended up it ended up in the disaster. I kind of, he just wants, he has motors. He had three motor. This guy has multiple cars, multiple motorcycles. This dude's living. He wants to live the free agent lifestyle. He works at home. He has his own business. But he's met this woman in her 40s that wants to have kids. And so every time I would see him, he'd be like, oh, man, you know, she's really pressuring me. And she wants me to have kids. We're trying, but it ain't working. Meaning the the egg and the sperm aren't having a meeting of the minds. And I'm sitting there like, shit. He's in his 40s about to sign up for raising kids. And he had he has dogs and he don't even want to do that. He was like, I can't, I don't want to have time for these dogs. I'm like, you're about to have babies, son. <laughs> you're about to have babies. So yeah, I told him what I did and all oh, I wrote a book on this. And he's like, oh man, this is fantastic. But he's so far gone because the woman's pressuring him to have kids and she's in her 40s. And, and I'm like, I'm like, God dang, bro. You talk about just throwing your life away, bro. I'm like, you need to run. And I see the lady. She's all happy all the time. Oh, hi. And I see him. He's never happy. <laughs> I'm not happy. <laughs> he's never looks good. He's always just like beaten down. I'm like, man, oh, man. So I say that to say, Susie, this is what you have to look forward to. If you don't have the man now that is signing up and you're 30 years old and you want to, yeah, you want to get married and have kids. Add four years to your age, right? To whatever age you are when the process starts. So by the time you get married, add four years to the possibility of even having one child. Not many men are going to marry you and just say, let's get to having kids. They might do it out of obligation to you, but that's what you have to look forward to. Unknown caller. Man, my phone be going crazy on when I'm on the show. When I'm on live, my phone be going nuts. <laughs> uh, Kirby K, Kirby H, shout out to you. Uh, Seti Boy Nike, I got a job as a travel traveling carpenter because NYC is on a job mandate. And this Kelly's out in the East. Um, Oh, East. Haven, Connecticut is bendable. I might try one. Also, oh, you're in East New Haven, Connecticut, and you got some Kayleys out here that are bendable and foldable. Shout out to the foldable Kayleys out here. A uh, foldable man is nice. Young Viking says, mate selection here in the U.S. is like playing Russian roulette. I'm better off procreating somewhere in South America. Uh, the legalities of it makes it difficult. Trust me, you don't want to be, you don't want to be on that side of procreation. Uh, KJ Wolf says, Coach, I've been married and divorced and in prior service. He says, I've dated foreign girls in South America to Southeast Asia. Some still do have their high men intact. He says, keep it real, Coach, and keep preaching the truth. 
Okay. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you, man. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you guys got to explore other options for real. If you, uh, if you're a guy that just wants to like, ah, oh, I got to have a family, like don't just do it. Cause you're in Tupelo. All right. Go find somewhere else to try to make this happen. Cause in America it's difficult. Look at the success rate. J uh, Jason Webb. Thank you for being here again. We'll give you a sponsorship. All right. Oh, oh, last thing on this one. You don't have a time clock. Typically, gentlemen, now they're trying to come out with data that bad jizz is causing, you know, um, deficient children, right? This is an American thing going on here. Now they're trying to say it's not the bad eggs, it's the bad sperm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, anything to take the pressure off, oh, the women aren't happy about you saying their eggs are bad, but, you know, biologically, everybody's been knowing this. But now, you know, it's the sperm, it's the sperm that's causing it. Let me show you. Let me see here. I'm going to show you, man, uh, causing, what is it called here? Causing, um, what's it called? What's it called? Oh, uh, let's see here. Not Asperger's. What is the other one called? Autism. Right here. Um, this came out in like 2020, right before, during the pad pandemic. Um, let me see here. See, here we go right here. Here we go right here. All right, so uh, now they're turning it on. Oh, it's the men's fault <laughs> right here. Paternal sperm may hold clues to autism. Says right here. Uh, let me see here. Mutations, oh, muta mutations in genetic mutations in father sperms can cause autism right here. A genetic test of sperm may forecast odds of autism in children, right? So now they're going, oh, well, maybe, and look, the study looked at 20 families, 20, two zero. <clears throat> 20. <laughs> All right, they looked at 20 kids. Oh, yo, you know what, you know, and the 20 families had autistic kids already. Most of the children carry mutations strongly linked to the condition. Previous studies did not detect these mutations in the blood of the parents, so researchers assume that the mutations occur spontaneously in the parents' eggs or sperm. The colleagues used sensitive sequential methods to analyze the father's sperm. They detected the mutation in a small portion of sperm from four of the 20 fathers. Four. Four. Four out of 20. <laughs> So this is what I'm telling you, bro. Uh, this is the world. This is the world. This is the world we live in. I don't know what to tell you, bro. Triggerverse says, "Men, man." He says, "Man, when angry man called a communitas strags a concub uh, strags a, or a concubine class." He says, "The Ric Flair." Woo. He says, "Also, can I get the 304 Kung Lao hat?" <laughs> oh, the one that got a work trick. This one. This where's the working girl here? She want to pay her bills. You want to pay your bills? You want to pay rent? You want to get Starbucks? You better work, bitch. You want to get groceries? You want to feed your cats? You want to watch Netflix? You better work, bitch. All right, shout out to you. King Nomad said, my favorite CGA quote, the most, in, the most important decision most women have to make in their day is whether they're going to tuck their gun in their pants or leave it hanging out. The diets don't work the same. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. 
I heard that from a, a guy before. Actually means the diet don't work for you the same. He was talking about not just women. He was like, that's kind of what overweight people have to think about. Like, am I going to put this, am I going to put the belt over or under? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm getting fat too, so I got to literally make that decision too. King, shout out to the king here. Rusted Junk, coach, I enjoyed your five reasons. You have RP Rage and how to overcome it. Keep moving forward. Can I get the dolphin lips? Zoe, please. We want Zoe. We got great characters here. On the free agent last night. My husband way. will buy me as many fucking Louis as I want to. So you're gonna Once rely a fucking on your game. No, he's gonna fucking spoil me. No. I don't no. deal with no don't, fucking don't, scrubs. Don't. He's gonna be a fucking engineer doctor, one of the fucking two, and he's gonna buy me as many fucking Louis Clear as I want. Shit. As many Chanel's, as many Gucci belts as I want, as many fucking Louis purses as I want. What happens if y'all get a divorce? What are you gonna do then? Sit on your ass? Find another fucking husband, dude. Is that your fucking plan? You have to be independent, Zoe. Hair, makeup, esthetician, facials, vagina waxing, everything. That is all independent. I will get Well, I'm glad that. that you want to take care of someone else for your life. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Whatever, Zoe. Whatever. <laughs> All right, Dunker the Greek says, I'm in my room doing decline push-ups, preparing for summer season. Yes, this is a good time to prepare. Meanwhile, most of my guy friends succumb to relationships, less competition for me. Shout out to you getting your body right. Hey, relationships, guys, will definitely get you in bad shape. It'll get you in bad shape. Um, men and women, you'll you'll get in the worst shape of your life in a relationship because you spend too much time cuddling and stuff and spending too much time. Uh, never look at people that are have relationships outside. You're like, oh, look at them. They look happy going to the grocery store and all that stuff. You don't see them in real life. You don't see them at home. You know what I mean? It's just be like, okay, ladies, check this out. Do y'all have fun at in your relationship or are you just uh, content? Where's the, my relationship ladies in the building? Shout out to the feet gang picture. When you're in your relationship, are you having fun or are you comfortable? What what is the condition that's keeping you in that relationship? Like most of the time, it's that you're comfort and secure. The person's there. You have somebody to talk to. Like you're not happy and having fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, you're like uh, you have to schedule your fun. Most of the time is spent not having sex. You know, and later in the relationship, you guys can you can relax, you can let your hair down. Your spouse oftentimes sees the worst side of you and the world sees the best side of you. So she'll do hair, makeup, glam up, perfume for the world. And then she comes home to you and puts on those Target sweats. She puts on those pajamas. She walks around in her Ugg boots. You know what I mean? Her Ugg slippers. She don't have any makeup on. Her hair is flat. It's up in a pineapple or a bun. She takes her weed down. You see her panties all up over on, uh, you know, her panties all up over the, the shower and all kind of stuff. You know, like you're not, she doesn't, she doesn't do anything to get made up for you. But then when it's time to go outside, hold on, I got to go get my makeup on. Feet, fell, feet smelling like corn nuts. She got her fat feet all up on the thing. Bonnet, yeah, the, the bonnet, 
weave all wrapped up in her bonnet. Tummy all untucked. You know, this is what men experience in relationship. And you'll be like, damn. You're like, oh, you know, I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go run to the store real quick. Oh, you run into the store? Yeah, I'm gonna run to the store. Uh, what store are you going to? Uh, I'm gonna go to uh Ralph's. Okay, uh, can you pick up something for me? Well, I don't know how long I'm gonna be gone. Well, how not how long does it take to run to the store? Well, I was gonna run some errands too. But where else you going? <laughs> you like to get out of the damn house away from you. Well, I want to go. No, I, I don't really want you to go. I want to go. <laughs> I want to go by myself. Well, why you want to go by yourself? I need some air. Well, you just tried to get away from me, huh? You just want to not spend some time with me. And y'all wasn't doing nothing before that, bro. You wasn't doing jack-ish before that. She was ignoring your ass, scrolling her phone, watching TikTok, showing you videos. Oh, look at this. Look at this video. That's what she was doing. That's what y'all were doing prior. And rehashing the same conversation over and over again. You're like, man, can I go get some fresh air? Now she reporting to you. Now she the hall monitor. She the hall monitor. Yeah, she watching Real Housewives of Orange County. She watching all kind of goofy stuff. And you just want, all right, since you're watching that, I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to go ride my skateboard. I'm going to go shoot some firearms. I'm going to go ride my motorcycle. I want to ride on the back of your motorcycle too. You going to ride it? Man, what the? I'm out here gone, man. When I do, when I decide to go somewhere, I don't have to ask nobody stuff. I don't have to report to nobody. I'm out. <laughs> M. Lavo, thank the, he says, thank the universe for the manosphere. I don't know what a uh, thrift store relationship. I don't want a thrift store relationship. The book should have been titled eBay Dating Brothers for Sisters for sure. Juno my 73, shout out to the coach. Appreciate you. Keep dropping that science on us in the radio. Raheem Shun. Keep dropping that science on the here. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We got the little uh we got the we got the cipher in the building, Shun. Remember the second I made the mistake in getting into a FB discussing with a friend about how women with student loan debt are not marital material. They were not, they are not ready. So let's go back to Susie. Let's go back to Susie. Super nifty Susie. I got a question. Do you have student loan debt? I mean, that's another thing that the man has to consider. Like, are you in any debt? Be honest. Are you in any debt? Do you have any debt obligations to anyone? Or have you filed for bankruptcy? See, a person by the age of 30 probably got themselves in a financial pickle by now. Some people haven't, but by the age of 30, if you want to have kids and get married, let's lay the cards all out on the table. Do you have debt? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Highly likely, if you have a degree, you got into some sort of debt. Right? That 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 makes you all my like, bruh. Guys, do not sign that deal. Trust me, do not sign that deal. Do not marry someone that's in debt. We play you the Dave Ramsey videos for a reason. If you do that, bro, you're going to regret it. You're going to regret it. It's a big deal. It is a very big deal. Now, let's say you pay off that debt. She's going to bounce on you. She's going to bounce on you. Uh, 
a, a, a person in debt is literally a indentured servant to society. They can never be free until that debt and that obligation is paid for. So they're going to be stressed out about that debt. They're going to make that debt your debt somehow. Uh, I show you the Dave Ramsey videos where the women are like, hey, we got together and we need to pay off our debt. We need to go debt free. And then uh, but she's like, the husband's not on board. OK, well, what's, let's let's hear your debt obligations. Well, I have one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in student loan. He has twenty thousand. And then she'll be like, but he has a truck loan for $33,000 and my car loan is only worth $9,000. And then they'd be like, well, he needs to sell his truck. <laughs> Wait a minute. She has 80% of the debt in student loan. Now he has to sell his truck. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what? Well, how selfish is he? Why does he need a new truck anyway? It, listen, it, a real man would go out there and sell his truck and drive a minivan in order to make this work. He could sell the truck. He could sell his rental property, pay off your debt. <laughs> Meanwhile, they don't tell all that consumer debt. I got 20000 in consumer debt. It is like, wow, this is society, bro. This is what they tell you to do. And then you buy a house. She ends up, you pay off her student loan. Then she buys a house. Now you're in $400,000 in debt. DGC Moore, what's good? CGA, he says, keep it going. Or he says, what's up? H. Preston Brown, shout out to the coach gang. Every year in the U.S., 4 million women turn 18. And guys, uh, break the conditioning about this age gap thing. All right, this is just a, this is a modern, Western modern idea. All right. They'll show you statistics that the best marriages are with the age gap of two years or less. All right. Um, I can't dispute that. I can't dispute that. I don't know if those are good. Mar How do you know if they're good marriages? They're just a marriage that lasts. Oftentimes they're indebted to each other so they can't break up. Right. Or it, 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 the guy will end up saying cheaper to keep her. Um, the rest of the world doesn't operate like this. Not not even some European countries. They're they're open to it. Not saying that you have to do it. But I'm typically, if I'm going to start something like that, I'll go younger. I'll go younger. Um, Eric says, defend yourself with righteous anger. Coach, he says, you speak, you are speaking the truth. I defend myself, man. I literally got to, I got to defend myself. It sounds like there's a womanist in here. Uh, you guys are tagging her. I don't know what's going on here. She might have left the building. But I'm, I, bro. You can't disagree with what I'm talking about here. The only way you can disagree with it is if you want everybody to participate in your social construct, which is fine because it worked at one point. It don't work today, but since you're since you're obligated to it and you're obligated to keep it up and keep up this juggling act because you'll lose financially, what you'll do is to tell me how how good it works for you. <laughs> It'll work good for you. Okay, it worked good for you right now. But but that's right now, all right? Uh, later on, listen, everybody's marriage was good at one point. I want you to remember this. Everyone's marriage at one point was good. When they entered into the marriage, it was good. When they had children, it was good, all right? Not many marriages, what people were doing, well, you picked the wrong partner, as if, when they were getting into the marriage, they were on the verge of divorce already. And they were already beating each other up, slinging into the rope, hitting them with forearms, right? 
They act like that's how they entered into the marriage and oh, you should have seen it coming. No, bruh. At some point, every marriage was going well. At some point, every relationship was going well. And then something happened. <laughs> All my Atlanta Falcons fans are pissed off when I show that score. And all you had to do was get a field goal or a first down. <laughs> like in your marriage, all you needed was to move the ball 10 yards. Instead, you took a 12-yard sack out of field goal range. Well, that'll screw you up. Or you couldn't kick a field goal. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, we tried to get in the field goal range, oh, but we playing not to lose. At some point, every marriage was going good. But then guess what? 50, 60, 70% of them go bad. That's the chance you're taking out here. So choose wisely. But I'm going to defend myself with righteous anger, coach, because I am right. A man supporting men says most ladies 30s and up still want uh, kids and want more kids. I'm really stumped on that one, ladies. I'm stumped on that one. Somebody, I want ladies to really explain this one to me. You want a fam you want a marriage and family, but you're starting at 30. I don't <laughs> I don't know what to go. I don't know what to do with this information. Cause the part the first part is you gotta find a suitable mate. All right, hold on for a second. I'll do this last super chat and I'll bring this up again because I talked about it. CJM says, My mom is a boomer and had me generation Z at age 39. She said, we both almost died. I am the youngest of three at 39. She said, they both almost died. Guys, uh, biology is biology. Those are very high-risk pregnancies, man. He says, they. He, but see, he was the youngest of three, so she already had kids going in. But still, it was almost, it was almost deadly for both. And so you should consider that. Also, the odds of getting married. Okay, let me see here. Uh, the Yale study, we'll use the Yale study and we'll use the supplemental study. All right, odds of getting married. What do they call it? Odds of getting married. I just did this on a show here. Odds of getting married. Uh, here we go. Never too late. All right, the marriage crunch. The marriage crunch. Because you, you, got, you got to first find the mate, which is difficult. That's the most difficult thing you can do is find the mate. And it says women over 40 are more likely to be deleted by a terrorist than to find a husband. Okay, right here. It says the infamous line from the Newsweek article about the poor marriage prospects of educated women. So there he is right here, older than 30, incited a firestorm when it hit the newsstands in 86. So then they had to switch it up. But it says right here, um, it says right here, uh, Jerry, uh, Jeffrey Zaslow, a columnist for the Washington Journal, Street Journal, the Wall Street Journal, tracked down uh, 10 of the 14 single women featured in the marriage crunch and found eight had found husbands and were still married to each other to remain single by choice. If they are uh, want to get married, women can get married. So this was the follow-up because 20 years later, uh, they switched up the subject matter. They used, they used 10 out of 14 single women, all right? They used 14 single women, and then they came up with the results. Oh, you see, these 14, 10 got it. But the marriage crunch was based, have you noticed that most of the studies that conflict reality often use small groups? 
They use small groups to then flip it. Oh, well, in reality, the 10 out of the 14, they end up being married. And so they'll put that prospect out of you. Maris Crunch was based on the study Harvard and Yale researchers, a, a real research group that projected college-educated women had a 20% chance of getting married if they were still single at age 30. 20% chance. A 20% chance. And they had a 5% chance at age 35, a 5% chance. I mean, you went from 20 to 5, and then just a 2.6% chance by age 40. I mean, Slim the Nun and Slim just died. Slim the Nun and Slim just died. And then later on, they got a different subject matter. Then they started using the CDC, and the numbers boosted up. A study by the CDC published shortly after the Newsweek article uh, supported Strobel's and Scrimeyer's gut instinct. So there's some women that had some gut instinct and said, that's not true. I'm a 30-year-old financial estate planner, and I got married. She was like, that's not true. She says when she read the marriage crunch, she was stung and said that she was worried about the projections from time to time. However, she said she was never totally believed she was doomed to spinsterhood. So then she was like, we need to find some alternative studies here. And it says a study by the CDC supported her gut instinct. It says the census found that a probability of a college-educated woman marrying at age 30 was 60%. So it went from 20% from the Harvard and Yale study, and then it went up to 60% when the CDC got involved. And 23% by age 40. Now, I'm going to ask you guys. <coughs> I'm going to ask you guys, when was the last time you seen women over 40 getting married? I mean, just think about it. When have you heard of it happening? Very slim to none. And there, we, we live in a time where there's the most single women in the history of the United States. The most single women in the history of the United States. You rarely ever hear of that happening. Now, women over age 30, slightly, you'll hear some, but not a lot. Not a lot. They talk about a 60% chance. And then not to, to add to that, I want you to hear this line. To add to that, I want you to hear this line. The woman who said, no, 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 this one right here. Oh, no, no, I'm a financial planner. I have a career. So I could focus on my career. She said, I work for Morgan Stanley. I live in Chicago. This doesn't affect me. It's not, I'm not doomed to doom and gloom. This is what happened. She ended up marrying by age 40. So she was 30. She didn't believe in it. And by age 40, she got married. She got married at age 40. Oh, you want to hear something now? She is now the stepmother of two children. <laughs> what do you notice there? What do you notice? What, what was left out? Anybody? What was left out of that story? What's left out? <laughs> I want to see if somebody can pick it. What was left out? He said, that's a punchline. No, the wedding wasn't left out. Common sense wasn't left out. Her kids. There it is. Aspiring adventure. Her kids. Kids of her own. Bachelor tax deduction. Kids. Right? Her kids. She got no kids. She got nothing out of it. I mean, she got married, but 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 what? 
She's a, she ended up just being a stepmother of two kids. What happened? She had to marry someone that had kids of his own, and he damn for sure wasn't having no more. So she got the mar so why Mary got look for that guy why Mary like what are you getting out of the deal what are you getting She got married by 40 but what else you 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 end up just being a stepmother And so the woman who asked me that question this is what you're looking forward to cuz by the time ask any woman who's trying to date right now in between the age of 30 and 45 most men they're dating that one that they want to settle down with already have kids. They've already been married. Many of them already been divorced. They already been bitter and hurt. <laughs> so it's hard for them to turn those relationships over into marriages. All right. Humberto Gonzalez, shout out to you. And Robert A, shout out to you for becoming a member. Um... I see there's a person in here highlighting. How come the ladies never super chat me to get my attention? I don't understand the complaints. Look at your level. If you are a five and got a 20 something five in the black church near a college, I don't understand what the hell you talking about. What are you talking about? What is that got to be the most incomplete? What are you talking about? Do you need some coffee? <laughs> Do you need some coffee today? He said, because they broke. Yeah. I don't even know what you're trying to ask. Is that a question or a comment? And, and you have to be suspicious of people who are doing this. Again, open up their finances and try to figure out why she's trying to get married. You're going to find out real fast. Somebody timed her out. She was asking something. What? I don't know what she's talking about. I timed her out. I don't know what she's talking about. See, She's fighting me over something that I didn't create. Kathy, you got a super chat, honey. Honey, you got a super chat. Okay. I only respond really to the super chats. I'm trying to, I'll try to respond to somebody that's disagreeing, but you can't, I'm giving a speech. You can't jump up and down without stepping up to the mic. And sometimes you got to really book consensus. Listen, I didn't create any of these op opportunities. I didn't create any of these conditions. So don't get mad. Don't shoot the messenger. Please don't. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. I know you want to make this my fault and you want me to use the exception to the rule. I'm really trying out here for society. Right. I'm really trying. But now you guys are really like trying to make me hold up, uh, hold, be accountable for these situations. Guys, these situations aren't working for a reason. <laughs> All right. And so they'll do my name in, in orange so they can get my attention and never super chat. If you can find any information to counter me other than hope strategy, anecdotal evidence, or me changing the narrative to fit your situation, you got to prove to me now that I'm wrong on this. You got to prove to me that I'm wrong. Like, you got to prove it. Not anecdotal evidence. Not, well, it will help me or it'll happen for me. This is all just you. We're talking about society as a whole. We're talking about in general. You can't prove it. The numbers are on my side. Everything's on my side. Now, your situation could be com completely different during the circumstances. But anyway, I'll, I'll neither go here. Yeah, I feel like, and 
I don't know. And my mother and father had a great relationship. And my grandmother, this is all stuff that's anecdotal. Let's get it. Let's get it down to what it is. People are getting damaged out here. Okay. Damaged out here trying to follow this plan. <laughs> so I want to see charts and statistics. Where are you getting your statistics? I will literally do a whole show on charts and statistics. And these people will still be like, yeah, well. I don't know, man. I don't know. And we have personal history. I got anecdotal evidence. People in here speaking up going, yep, that happened to me. And they'll still be like, oh, well, no, it still doesn't matter. Your statistics and you can't just be one sided and you have to be um, you have to let love happen. Literally go to do your own worksheet. If Kathy is still here, go get a piece of paper, Kathy. Go get a piece of paper, write down every man you fornicated with, hooked up with, one night stand with, kissed, had a one week relationship with, every man you dated and didn't give any, every man that got your phone number and you never responded, every man that you got his number and he ghosted you, write it all down, write it all down and show me at the end how successful it is. <laughs> the paper test never lies. Write it down and then put your age next to the damn worksheet so I can see how miserably you are have been chasing this. And I tell you to just live the free agent lifestyle. Forget about it, bro. You're chasing a damn squirrel at this point. But you don't have to do it. You can eventually go settle down for all I care, but you better protect yourself. Get the paper out. <laughs> all right. And anybody who disagrees with me, Get your paper out. Anybody, just, just write it all down. What you're chasing is based on our biology, but we're against social constructs. We're against the state government. It's really going to be problematic for you in the end. Write it down. <laughs> oh, she's a, uh, she likes to be on KS channel. Um, you know. Shout out to the coach gang. We're going to get out of here, brothers. We are in two and a half hours. Shout out to you. Thanks for being in here and supporting the message. Don't shoot the messenger. You guys do your own due diligence and your own research. By the way, the junior college is looking for new sugar daddies, you know. And, um, you know, this is why if you're dating women over 30 and 35, you better do your due diligence and research them. They may have had a history of doing this, so it can be problematic. And by the time they get to you, they want to act like the past don't matter. All right. And then you have to stare at them Martin Luther. All right. So shout out to Martin Luther Lee. You want me to do what to you? What? You want me to marry what? Who? When? Where? Why? And how? Shout out to the coach gang. We out of here. Let's play the outro. Peace. Peace.